Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. To our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being back with us here. It is Monday, December the 7th, and it is episode 202. We are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by the one and only Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy-doody. Quinn, we're back. We're back, baby. Welcome to December, everybody. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. December once again. Can't believe the year's winding down. Well, another year in the books. Another year in the, the books, hi- folks. The history books. Yeah. And speaking of the history books, maybe we'll talk about something from those books as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Thank you guys so much for being back with us here. Hope you liked our season 21 premiere last week. Uh, we're here to do it all over again. We got a new Royal Flush coming up for you in a little bit. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you guys, if you have a Twitter and you don't follow us yet, just do it. It's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. The main reason is for the clips, Quinn. It's always about the clips. There's a lot like, of clips. And just do it, Nike. Yeah, Let's just do it. Our, our, all of our Nike giveaways and whatever we do. We do tons of those, I mean, right? you say just do it, then yeah. now people are just like, where are my shoes? <laughs> well, <laughs> go look for him on Twitter. At OVP Podcast, uh, we post like a dozen clips every single day there of on this day type of stuff from wrestling's past. It's a lot of fun, drama free wrestling clips. OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a great place to talk about Nike and to talk about retro wrestling. Yeah, over well, on Facebook. Yeah, facebook.com slash shoes. Yeah. It's a great site where you can look at Nike shoes all day and talk about retro wrestling, of yeah, course. Both. But you have to use the search bar first. What do you mean? Just like when you search your hot shoes, usually when you search for them, you have to use Google. Shoes.biz. You got to use the Facebook search bar and type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, bing bang boom, tubes, gore, kaflui, kaflui, souls, whatever. Yeah, souls. Um, all those things happen. Right. Hit the join button and you're in. And once you're in, what you do there is you talk about retro wrestling with hundreds upon hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics. And the whole point of this group is, you know, we understand that a lot of places where wrestling is discussed on the internet, I'm not going to name any names like Twitter or anything, mm-hmm. but there's a bit of a toxicology going on there. What we try to do here is welcome all retro wrestling opinions. You don't have to agree with everybody, but we have one cardinal rule, which is don't be what? A dunderfoot. I mean, shoe. I mean, head. Don't be a dunderhead. That's right. Just be nice to each other. Be respectful. No personal attacks and things like that. And if that sounds good to you and you have a Facebook, even if you only want to use your Facebook for this group like I do, and probably like Quinn does too, Mm -hmm. go to our Facebook group, join Kaflui, you're in, it'll be a fun time. And in Patreon news, don't get grumbly now, uh, we do have a Patreon, (laughs) and if you want to support OVP, we give you a lot of extra content. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We review every WWF pay-per-view in order. We do do that. And we also have two shows a month that are focused on the 1983 canon. Yeah, separate canon. It is. Different show than this. Including Samoans and Don Morocco. And what we're doing is we're basically leading up to the Hulkamania era. We started in January of 82. We are now in August of 83. That comes out twice a month, and the pay-per-view reviews are monthly. However, this month, there was a change. Out right now, there are two pay-per-views for December. We're talking about Survivor Series 91, came out last week, and just released this Saturday, 
Tuesday in Texas. That's right. Survivor Series 91 Part 2. So, Quinn, people are going to get two pay-per-views for December. Consider it a Christmas gift. There you go. From us and the WWF <laughs> yeah. in 1991. Exactly. For reasons. So, if you want to donate, uh, check it out. The highest tier we offer is 5 bucks, and it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But, Quinn, this season we have a new segment. It debuted last week. Mm-hmm. Suggested by our friend of the show, Dan Lopez. And, basically, the thrust of this one is... we've Thrusty. seen. It's very thrusty. Yeah. We've, we've seen a lot of good things happen in wrestling. We have. We've seen a lot of bad things happen in uh, wrestling. We've seen way too many bad we've, things. <laughs> a lot of them. We've seen things that were really hyped, really promoted, mm-hmm. or that seemed like they had a lot of potential or could have been a good idea. All the potential in the world. But something went wrong, and this is a season called What Went Wrong? <laughs> So <laughs> that, that is like when you get pulled out of the matrix or it's like doo, 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 doo. essentially. Yeah. But Quinn, two people actually wanted us to talk about this one. Adam Topper and AJ Freeman. They wanted us to talk about what went wrong with Lex Luger as the all American babyface in 1993 and 1994. Short answer. He didn't win a match <laughs> that he acted like he won. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's the, it all hangs on that. It ruins an entire pay-per-view to me. There's a lot to that, actually. And yeah. obviously, Lex Luger had come into the WWF. Well, first, let me let me rephrase that. He came into the WBF first. Right. Yes, he did. That's, a, that's an important <laughs> distinction. Because event, like at WrestleMania 80, he drinks the milk, and he's like, see you June 13th, Closed Bobby. party. But you know, it was a closed party. It's a great promo. It is. The See, milk this promo. This is the thing that's so annoying about him, is he's got great potential. As a heel. Yeah, that's like, the he's thing. he's fantastic, right? and, we, and then he also joins Vince and Cameo on WBF Body Stars. It's which, ridiculous. <laughs> we reviewed it. Yeah. I can actually control how big and how strong I get just by doing certain growth hormone-related activities. And that was on from April of 92 until September of 92. And the whole idea was that Luger was going to guest pose at the second WBF pay-per-view, which Wonderful. was... Which was... <laughs> That's what, that's what people really wanted to see. It's like, we got this guy from WCW, we want him to pose. Because that's what they're all looking for. Yeah, right. And that's why he was going to see Bobby June 13th, was because that's right. when that was. However, he got into a motorcycle accident days before that. Legit, uh-uh. obviously. Yeah. Had to get some work done on his forearm that included the metal plate in there. Wait, that was then? I thought yeah. that was like much earlier. No, no, no. It was 92. Yeah. Okay. I thought the plate thing was some no. story from the 80s or <laughs> no, something. No, no, no. And then towards the end of 92... Bobby Heenan starts hyping up uh, the latest wrestler that'll be coming to the WWF, unnamed other than Narcissus, okay, which is a Greek mythology, Roman, I don't it's know, one of those. not his name after no, like no, a minute. They change it, yeah. right? Comparing you to Narcissus would be like comparing ice cream to horse manure. But we don't know who this Narcissus is. It's just, right. I'm unveiling Narcissus and all mm-hmm. this, and Mr. Perfect sucks. That was the whole thing, right? He's so mad at him that he found like a new guy to beat him up. Correct. So Royal Rumble 93, we're told we're going to have the unveiling of Narcissus. Let's go down to Howard Finkel. Uh, I did it. Will I you stop? It. Bobby Heenan does this whole elaborate thing, and it's Lex Luger, and all he does is pose the whole time. So he got to pose. It's so dumb. <laughs> Very purple, too. But, a lot of purple. Yeah. But he becomes the narcissist Lex Luger. And he's actually a pretty good heel, Quinn, if you if we want to be honest about it. For those first six months of his 93 run, he's not a bad heel. But Mr. Luger, we have spoken with the fans of the World Wrestling Federation. 
I don't know what to make of him. He's just kind of like whatever at the beginning. Like he's okay. It's it's part of the decline, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like nothing about him feels that great. It's just the next guy. He's the, good, but he's not great. Yeah, that yeah. Type of thing. He's nothing like to write home about. He's nothing right. like oh man, this guy's gonna be the biggest shit ever, right? Why would Vince think this? Would you call home about him at least, or not even? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No. So, I, mean, I would say nothing about him other than he's strong. You wouldn't tell your family about him? No. All right. So he works this gimmick where he's knocking people out with this loaded forearm. Jack Tunney's like, never fucking again. You gotta wear an elbow pad, right? And we get to King of the Ring. That's his last notable appearance as a heel. He has a draw with Tatanka. Yep. Ironically. Uh, <laughs> considering that is later. That, is that just a consistent thing with this guy, though? Draws and inconclusive finishes he kind of didn't win anything big that's the other thing it's just a 93 thing also like Shawn michaels getting yeah it's like why is this the thing that they want to do all year he hadn't done one big match yet really he had the thing with perfect and at wrestlemania he worked a house show feud with bret hart which i think was pretty well received i haven't seen any of the matches from it and then he gets to the king of the ring and then at that same King of the Ring, Yokozuna regains the world title from Hulk Hogan while Roddy Hogan sadly looks on, as he always does when Hogan loses. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he always there? On we, just, camera we, too. We, we need to talk about that at some point. Just Roddy Hogan. Why it didn't work. Stay tuned next week for yeah. our Roddy Hogan retrospective. <laughs> uh, so, Yokozuna now, evil foreigner from San Francisco. He, is, <laughs> he, he and Mr. Fuji are going to, I guess, take over the WWF by being the champion or Japan wins. Well, what are they going to do, right? I mean, (laughs) it's now all the purse money goes to Japan or whatever happens. I think that's really what they're talking about there. That's what it is, right? Yeah. And And our our big enemies in 1993, Japan, remember? Bitter rivals. We're like close buddies with them by this point (laughs) in time. They're like one of the top like allies of the United States. Like what? And we get to July 4th, 1993, and Mr. Fuji decides that he's going to embarrass America on its birthday, on Independence Day, on the USS Intrepid, where the WWF is going to, I guess, cooperate and host Mm -hmm. the Yokozuna Body Slam Challenge. Now, why is it so embarrassing that people can't pick up an obese fat man? (laughs) Like, what not it more embarrassing for Japan, if you think about it? This is your champion? This is is the best you got, some (laughs) fat guy? It's like, really? I guess I we're going to embarrass you by being so fat that we can't pick him up. <laughs> you have a point. Yeah, you know what I'm the, saying? The man has That's a not point. something to be proud of. <laughs> just saying. So uh, He eats too much. Cool. Like during the thing he's eating. <laughs> oh, um, they just want to make him. That, they picked that up from Bastion Booger, I think. Fat guys eat. Ha yeah, ha. Right? Yeah. yeah, ha ha ha. And the Steiner brothers try, they fail. Randy Savage tries, he fails. Why would Macho Man be like Mr. Strongman, Macho Man Randy Savage? You should do it. He's better than Hulk Hogan. He's normally like a regular side thread. That's why he's cool. I know. (laughs) Uh, Tatanka ignores the rules and tries to like chop Yoko and Yoko's like, fuck you. Like Tatanka just not even playing by the rules. Mm -hmm. And Crush almost does it, but he hurts his back on that body slam thing, brother. Bill Fralick (laughs) fails. Why is he there? Why is Falco always there when we don't need him there? You Why know, would he do it anyway? Who does WrestleMania he he 2 legend, Bill Falco or whatever. Now this Sunday, every professional athlete's dream is to slam 550-pound Yokozuna on his back, and I think I'm going to be the one to do it. But then who flies in via helicopter in a red, white, and blue shirt? None other than the narcissist Lex Luger. And <laughs> All, you know what the worst part about this is, Joe? I swear, like, the day before on Superstars, he was still narcissist and, like, being an asshole. Very soon before this. Yeah, yes, yeah, you're it's, absolutely it's right. very close. <laughs> very close. 
Bobby tries to like wave him off and Luger just shoves Bobby aside to kind of signal, no, I don't do this. This is my parody. And he gets in there and he body slams Yoko <laughs> and America was saved. And then they were safe from what? <laughs> then the, <laughs> from Yokozuna, obviously. Of course. He's still the champion. But now we get this whole promotional campaign where instead of wrestling at all for the rest of the summer, Lex Luger goes on a bus. To <laughs> me, this is like reverse honky tonk, man. It's like I'm trying to be a face. Please, like he's campaigning. He's it running is, for though. face or something. He's running for face. Yeah. And, and the whole thing is, like, oh, this grassroots campaign. He's got. Why, does, he, why does a wrestler need to do this? They just usually just root for him once they say he's face. I know. You know, once he starts cutting a promo where he's nice or he's like messing with a heel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Vince puts the whole promotional machine behind him. You can't avoid this on television throughout the summer of 93. Finally, we're going to get to SummerSlam 93 Palace at Auburn Hills, Michigan. Big event, star-studded. Harkening back a Bitcoin to WrestleMania 7. I suppose. With, uh, not yeah. as, not as extreme. Stripes forever. That whatever. type of theme, right? And Lex Luger is going to meet Yokozuna in the main event of SummerSlam for the world title. We got Japanese people singing the national anthem for Japan. <laughs> we got Randy Savage is there. Aaron Neville is there. Like, <laughs> That's what he does. No, you're right. Yeah. By this point, Jim Cornette is also with Yokozuna because Fuji can't fucking talk either. Spokesperson. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fuji's got, you know, Joe, he's always got secrets. He, he doesn't have time to worry about this management stuff. Right. He's, he's got, got other he, things to do. He's got to teach Yokozuna better karate or something. I don't know. Martial arts. Back up Safa. Yeah. And what happens in this big main event? This has been promoted now for what? Almost Titanic two months. main event. If Titanic. Somebody's got to stop this guy. Yeah. Yokozuna. Lex Luger wins by count out. Wow. <laughs> what a great thing. This is, Here's the thing I want to say about this pay-per-view before we even review it or do anything. Yeah, we got this a while. This is a decent pay-per-view. It's very, very decent. Up until this point, and then you're like, I never want to watch this ever again. Like, I hate the ending no, I do too. so much, like, with a passion. Like, I remember one year I went into it like, okay, I'm going to go into this, like, no <laughs> objections, right? I'm yeah. just going to watch it, and I'm going to judge it on the merits, right? And I'm feeling really good going in this, main, and then the main event happens, I'm like, I hate. This is horrible. I will never, I'd never want to watch this. Well, that's because, Quinn, it's not just the count-out victory. It's the fact that after the victory, Randy Savage hops in there to Tonka the Steiners. They hoist him. There's balloons. They're celebrating a count-out non-title victory. He doesn't have the belt. He doesn't have the belt, right? And I think that that right there, that is what deflated it. So they keep pushing Luger as the All-American hero throughout the fall, Mm -hmm. and they kind of switch the heat around the, the fall from Yokozuna to... Lex Lugar, you know, America's <laughs> crumbling, Ludwig Borga there. You know what the thing is? It's like you can tell what they really wanted is they wanted him to win at WrestleMania, but yes. they kind of like fucked up because yes. they like pushed him too hard and it was like peaking at SummerSlam. Yeah. And they were just like, well, we can't that do was the it time then. to do it. Right. Like, right. Because it's only SummerSlam, but why the fuck not? Yeah, SummerSlam, exactly. Okay. Can we just go back in time for a minute? SummerSlam was fucking awesome yeah. up to this point. They were like, all good. They were all good. Why would it have been so fucking bad if like somebody won the world title at SummerSlam? Vince just thought he could milk it longer. I mean, Lex Luger himself, who's very cool about the whole thing, he's like, they never told me I was winning. He was never supposed to. It wasn't well, a situation. was going to win at WrestleMania at 10, po- and, then possibly. Sam, and then Sam moved Don't noticed or whatever. <laughs> at that bar. <laughs> at the bar. Yeah. I mean, as far as I've heard Pritchard say and Luger himself say, he was never supposed to win at SummerSlam, but that's a bad idea. Like you said, it's just a bad way to do it, right? I why, mean, though? Like, that's the thing. It's, why, is, I don't know. why is winning it at SummerSlam so bad? Because I think Vince thought that he could take that countout victory and then build towards WrestleMania. But what happens is 
we get Ludwig Borga involved. He stinks butt. Like, <laughs> and then by that point, people are like, you know what? This Lex Luger. Why? What, where's that Bret Hart guy again? Correct. Like, you know what I mean? That's the other like, monkey that wrench. Canadian. And it's not. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's not Bret's fault. He's just doing his thing. He's feuding with Lawler and then Michaels because Lawler, you know. Um, and then the Owen thing. <laughs> that Shawn Michaels thing. Yeah. It's not even anything. It's yeah, just I like, like I'm, I'm a replacement, basically. It's very replacement. Uh, and then the Owen and Bret thing starts, which is really good storytelling and captivating and fresh and different. And by the time we hit the Royal Rumble, they're like, they try to make you care about Luger, but everyone's like, bread is better. get to wrestlemania no one no one really seems to want luger to beat yoko but i think they don't care right i don't know you fans that were there at the time tell me then when luger (laughs) puts his hands on perfect and gets dq'd so to me it's over this is okay first of all this is the best thing that comes out of all of this is this weird like Mr. Perfect remembering when he was narcissist thing from a year ago and you know what the worst part about that is for this whole storyline it also makes you remember when he was the narcissist, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, oh, this guy's not good. He was an asshole. Yeah, like, <laughs> just because he likes the country he lives in, I mean, bad people can do that, too. Everyone generally likes the, is proud of their country for the most generally. part. Like, general, generally. Like, you know, when push comes to shove, you're going to be like, go whatever country I'm from. You know what I mean? Does shove ever push back, or is it just like... Eh, sometimes. <laughs> I don't whatever so, so can we talk about i think you nailed it first and foremost with the uh the count out thing from SummerSlam. yeah 100 percent. but can we also just look at this for a second mm-hmm. vince was clearly again this is extrapolation but vince was clearly looking for the next hulk hogan well it you know, seemed right here's the thing when when they got hulk hogan it's not like they wasted fucking time giving him the world title they immediately like he was he was there for like three weeks and won the world <laughs> yes. title like literally so to me point. it's like if Luger's the next Hulk Hogan, shouldn't he just, as soon as he turns face, just bing, fucking just, win it? Just beat Yokozuna and that's it. End like, it, right? Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, who gives a shit? Right. It could be fucking, I don't know, could like, be raw. May. Yeah, it could be like, right. like, whatever, you know? Win it. Yeah. But I don't know if I like Lex Luger. I really do. I do too. I think the problem with him in the Hogan role, and this is not even his fault, it's just that. He's not Hulk Hogan. Oh, he sure as hell isn't Hulk Hogan. You're right about that. Now, was there a better choice? If they were going to go the shred, I've heard people suggest crush. No, now never. What? Okay, Please never. I, good. I'm glad you said that. What makes Luger better than Crush as the what choice? Makes Luger better. Luger does as much as we say. Oh, he's a better heel or whatever. 96 WCW proved to me that he can be a great face. Well, and, I think, and yeah. maybe that's what Vince saw in him. Well, I think we said somewhat recently. Maybe when we were talking about uh, worst promos, that Luger's core problem that we noticed seems to be. That he's a much better promo as a heel, but a much better wrestler as a sympathetic face. That's true. It You're just, totally right about that. He's just a boring wrestler as a heel, but a boring promo as a face. Because you don't want him to dominate. You want him to come back. He's good at that. He yeah. is good at selling sympathy. So I don't, he just wasn't the right guy, but I don't, I can't say I blame them for trying. It's just that. You're right. If they were going to pull the trigger, 
pull it at SummerSlam. Just I think, do it right away. Yeah, I think that's what sealed it. I mean, we didn't need to have him brew and we discover that he sucks as a face. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? It just, he kept going down and down. He's the focus of Survivor Series 93 with the Undertaker coat and all that. But who cares? Nobody cares about that. They were thinking about Bret Hart and the brothers and all that. Yeah, and like, especially as you get into 94. Yeah. And when Bret wins the Rumble. It became Bret, Survivor Series to me was the turning point, right? It was like Survivor Series yep. 93. It was like, you see this awesome like family feud style angle and you see Luger just fart around with Undertaker, <laughs> yeah. who also, why is the Undertaker just not better? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, the Undertaker feud with get, Yoko yeah, for a Yeah, and then you get to Royal Rumble 94 and you're like, well, the Undertaker came a lot closer. <laughs> yeah. Like, it took the, fu- the fucking whole roster and Jeff Jarrett and shiny pants and all these stupid people to, <laughs> like, interfere to even beat him. And then even when they put him in a casket, he's just like, I'm Marty Jannetty now. And then he, like... I don't know, resurrected himself or something. Yeah, I love that you said the whole roster and Jeff Jarrett because yeah. that's very fitting. Because <laughs> I just remember him there being extra annoying. Yes. You're just like, why? I'm here now. why are you even friends with Yokozuna? Like, what is he going to get you? You're just, if you want to be like a big star in Nashville, why are you playing second fiddle to a fat guy from Japan? I'm just saying. It's all um, fair question for where, anyone doing where is that, that really gonna get you in the Nashville scene. <laughs> Not very far. Yeah. Uh, anyway, folks, let us know what you think. Uh, what could they have done differently or what did go wrong in your opinion with the whole Lex Luger push? Was he even did he stand a chance as the guy? Should he have won at SummerSlam? Was the whole thing a bad idea? Let us know. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can do it on Facebook. Definitely join that group and send us suggestions for the rest of the season. We'll be happy to take a look at them. But Quinn, when we come back, we are starting the new Royal Flush for the season, which means we are taking the first two names out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It is the Royal Flush of Feuds, and that is coming up right after this. You know, being a professional athlete feels like all my life, I think there's always that temptation there. Uh, You're in a high-profile position. People want to be around you. Not always positive influences. Uh, Usually, you're fortunate enough to make quite a bit of money at a very young age. I don't think your maturity is quite caught up with your uh, checkbook. And uh, I think that obviously makes professional athletes sometimes more susceptible than the general populace to drug problems and drug abuse and you know I, I'll be quite honest uh, we all mature and we go through these processes like I said earlier and and I never had a drug problem but I went through the experimentation that a lot of young athletes professional athletes go through and I've worked my way through that Lex Luger are you taking steroids I don't know hey! and now back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 202, and it is Monday, December the 7th, 2020. Quinn, before we get to the Royal Flush, we mentioned earlier we do have a Patreon. We do. Now, why do we do this? Well, because we have a lot of content we'd like to share, and this is a different way of doing it. That's it. It's a way where if you like what we do on a week-to-week basis and you want more of it, we give back to you guys for supporting us. And the tiers that we offer are just 2 and $5. That's it. We've stripped it down to just two tiers. Very we simple. Make it very simple for you. We're not money hungry. We're not trying to just get tons and tons of stuff. And uh, But if you want to spend 2 bucks, you will get the 1983 canon that we mentioned. These are a lot of fun. You might say, oh, I don't have any interest in 1983. You will if you watch some of these. In fact, 
We have the free, some free ones, Quinn, on YouTube in video form and on this podcast feed in audio you form. You say some, but we actually have a all lot. of 1982 yeah. is now free officially. Yeah, 82 is free. Uh, these Again, these come out bi-weekly. Like I said, we're in August of 83 right now. We're getting closer and closer to a lot of things changing. It's been a lot of fun. This is available in video and audio form, and that's on Patreon for just two bucks. And there's a lot of extra stuff, uh, some legacy content that goes along with that. And then if you want to upgrade to five bucks, you're going to get, like we mentioned, the OVP WWF pay-per-view reviews. This is every WWF pay-per-view in order, starting with the first WrestleMania. Now, these shows are two and a half, three, four, four and a half hours, some of them. I think one of them is the longest thing we've ever done. Yes, that would be WrestleMania 7. There you was go. the longest one we've ever done. It was done. a long-ass show. And we go through these in detail. We do them the same way we do our weekly show. If you are interested in what we think and just hearing us talk about the old WWF pay-per-views in detail, this is where to get them from. And like I mentioned, both for December are already out. We're talking about Tuesday in Texas and Survivor Series. And obviously, coming up next month for January, very fittingly, will be Royal Rumble 1992. Now, that's a good one. That's there, one to that, sink your teeth into, that right? Survivor Series. No, that ain't Survivor Series. No, right. Survivor <laughs> yeah. Series. So again, if you like what we do, and you want to support us, I encourage you to just check it out. If you sign up right now, it's not even going to charge you until January 1st. Give it a shot. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn, with that out of the way, it's time for the Royal Flush. Now, each season we uh, do the Royal Rankings and the Royal Flush if you're new here. Now, what is that? Before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 and bottom 10 of something. We do that on Facebook. Our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, compiles all the votes for the best and the worst, puts them into two separate tanks, And then what we do is we pull out two names every week and we rank them. And that way, by the end of the season, what you are going to have are the definitive, scientifically ranked, baptized, ordained, non-GMO, USDA certified, organic, and healthy, best and worst feuds of all time. So I can assure you he doesn't read a script to uh, say all that. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. He just knows because he's the official person. No, that's what we have to do here. Now, I just want to remind you, last week we started the best but this week, we start the worst. So, Quinn, we talked about what made good feuds last week. We're talking about gets wrestlers over, makes for compelling television, good storylines, good matches. Puts the butts in the seats, as they say. Butts in seats. What's a bad feud, Michael? Um, I don't care about it, generally. Good that, one. That, I think that can sum it up, mostly. You don't care. Like, you why? don't care. This is just another thing that we're time. doing to fill time on a pay-per-view right. or whatever. Or to, like, you know, on Raw. They just got to do stuff. Another uh, aspect of a bad feud would probably be that it doesn't go anywhere or the matches are bad or the promos are bad or sometimes all they, of it is sometimes bad. Sometimes it also just involves weird people that <laughs> yeah. you don't care about. Right. Like, that, that's another thing. Okay. So that's a little bit of criterion there. And uh, we are going to pick our first two names. But before we do that, we have to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now. We're going to be hearing some comments from the mysterious Black Scorpion. Paul Bear's Undertaker, going to work on Ted DiBiase. Who's the boss now, boss man? You know, Lex, the whole world is going to find out that you sold out. You rest in peace, Undertaker. Let me tell you something, Farouk. You never fired me, punk, because I quit. You imposters are not going to regret the day you ever walked in the shadow of demolition! Ah, it's not hot! It's 
the Royal Flush, week number one. Some real stinkers in that toilet. Some huh? real stinkers in that We want to chill with that? Can we... We need to get the plumbing fixed right here, because every time... This, this, these toilets this season need to be taken care of. I, okay, no, I think... Oh, okay, that's enough. I, it's okay. Okay, hey. so, <laughs> folks, you heard some names in the intro there. That does not include everybody, obviously. We have a bunch of crap in the tank. We're pulling two more out. So much crap. A lot of crap in the tank, and I'm excited for this one, Michael, because Feuds is a... I mean... When you really think about it, feuds is the crux of like good wrestling programming and yeah, good it, events. It is the um, the cornerstone of of all the wrestling. <laughs> it's why the matches matter. It's why you care, it's, right? I mean, why do I want to watch people in their underpants fight if they don't have a reason to fight? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, seriously. So uh, we talked about the best last week, but right now, let's go down to the fans as they count us down. We'll find out who drew number one. And certainly a great rivalry exists, Kevin, between Los Bariquas and the Nation of Domination. You know, Quinn, it seems like we can't escape the gang wars, the DOA and all this. <sighs> it's always, it's prevalent. <laughs> they're, they're prevalent. It's, it's almost as prevalent as Tatanka and Luger. Yeah. Even that was somehow in this show. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. The gang wars of 1997. Ugh. All right, let's get into it. Well, uh... we talked about... Some of the stuff uh, last season when we were talking about stables and very fittingly, this is a war among stables. So here we go again. We'll, <laughs> we'll try to not retread everything, but here's what happened. The Nation of Domination, which got formed in November-ish of 1996. The first crappy one. Yeah, the crappier one with yeah. Farouk. I mean, Farouk's good, but with Farouk. And then we had Crush... <laughs> <sighs> and Jailbird Crush. Yeah. And then Savio Vega joined. He's like, I don't like Ahmed Johnson anymore. Whatever the problem was. Where yeah, he's... Razor Ramon's not around to be <laughs> friends with. Yeah, I don't know. Steve Austin's moved on, so yeah. there's nothing for I Savio to do. I got nothing to do, like, basically. <laughs> so Farouk has this version of the Nation of Domination, which also included an unnamed at the time, D'Lo Brown, just lingering, <laughs> and a bunch of other people and, in and suits. the lady. Yeah, and the, the lady's there that one time. The lady. Clarence Mason's there. And the C.J. Parker. What's their name? C.J. Parker. What's Man, Wolfie Park. Oh, a Wolfie Ison, uh, JC Ison, Wolfie D. Yeah. Yes, CJ Wolf, CJ Parker. Is that yeah. Pamela Anderson on Baywatch? No, I'm thinking of um, Lana. CJ Parker is oh, her name. TJ Hooker. No, TJ Hooker. <laughs> Something yeah. else. Get to the point, disciples of us. Anyway, gang wars. So in June of 1997, Farouk finally realizes what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, these people are terrible. <laughs> right. why, why wouldn't I just make a better right. nation? So he fires Clarence Mason. He fires everyone. Crush, Savio Vega. He keeps D'Lo, which, Why which is good. Why you Clarence? He was fine. Because he's just annoyed with Clarence stinks. Well, they need a lawyer. <laughs> Not I, anymore, I guess. You're fired! Get by me, punk! I'm not And when I look around here, as a matter of fact, ain't none of y'all took no bump, ain't did a damn thing. Get the hell out of here. What? All of you fired. Because Farouk's whole deal is, you know, he's been held down and he wants to win the fucking WWF world title. Fine. That's I, true. It's okay. Just like everyone in like that time period. Everyone yeah. like is just gunning for the title. That's what it is. Yeah. It's all about the WWF title. Held at the Undertaker at the time. Held by the Undertaker. And he brings in Kama, but now mm -hmm. he's Kama Mustafa. Right. And he's got a hat. He's, <laughs> yes, he does. He did. And he's got D'Lo. And then, shockingly, Ahmed Johnson finally says, all right, doobie boy, and I'll join you. Right. right? Then Ahmed gets injured and becomes the Rock. But maybe me, Ahmed just didn't like those other people he's being like, in. Fuck all, Rush. He's like, I'm not being in this. Like, you know what I mean? These are losers. <laughs> yeah. 
As you soon as they're gone, he's like lower mid carters to be in your staple. I'm not joining that. As soon as Crush and Savi are gone, Ahmed's like, you know what, Farouk, you're right. <laughs> he's just, I mean, he was just waiting for for that to happen. I don't right? blame him. Uh, but anyway, in the meantime, Crush decides to show up during a nation promo on custom type motorcycles with. No, everyone's last name is Harris now, so we've got Brian Harris, who's Brian Lee. Then the other Wait, Harris boy. He was also considered Harris but at he's, that time? He, not really, but I, they're all Harrises, okay? <laughs> okay. Harris I. And <laughs> he brings in Brian Lee, who's now Chains, and the other Ugh. Harris boys, the bald ones, Skull and Eight Ball, the ones that were originally Jacob and Eli Blue and the Bruise Brothers and all that. they don't have their puffy hair anymore. No more puffy hair. And they ride out on motorcycles, and their whole deal is that they are um, they're a motorcycle gang. Allow me to introduce you to a real brotherhood. And if you've ever seen a Bronx Tale, they get their asses kicked by the mafia in a Bronx Tale. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's the deal. No. Why do they have like the Italian <laughs> faction in all these wars? That would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, I, the FBI, I guess, at ECW, right? Well, they could be led by Sal Sincere or something. I don't <laughs> know. I'm just trying to think of somebody that was he around. He was there. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> he was in the mafia, allegedly, or something. Possibly. He's a wise guy, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We don't, we don't want to commit. so that you don't <laughs> yeah. think. They don't want to commit to that. They, it's, it's disguised, Joe. Yeah, oh, yeah uh, good one. Pink. Yeah, with a big floppy hat. Yeah. Anywho, so the DOA is a thing now. Disciples of Apocalypse, and they um cool look, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. You know, they all have um leather and stuff like that. And it was so dressed cool like Uncle he, Jesse. Yeah, it was so cool that the Undertaker just stole it later and just said, you know what, these guys yeah. messed it all up. I'm just gonna make it good Made now. It ten thousand times better. It's true. It though. is. No, like, it biker is. Taker. I like Biker Taker. I know you do. I mean, it's it's okay. When it he's was Booger. It's not as good, but Booger Taker is not as good. No, yeah, it's like <laughs> a slight modification of Biker Taker, <laughs> right. which is not as good. Right. Right. No duster. Well, we don't need a duster, do we? I mean, the if we're really being duster honest. The original and jeans look was good. It was okay. And jeans shirt. Jeans shirt? Yeah. You like that one? Yeah. That that He looked rough. Denim ensemble? It's a little lighter color, too, for the Undertaker. He needed it. A little freshening up. Yeah. Uh, Savio Vega, though, emerges with his gang of Puerto Rican friends, and uh, that's Miguel Perez. Which one's the hairy guy? Miguel Perez. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jose Estrada Jr., unfortunately. Not yeah. Jose Estrada, the original. They had regular Jose Estrada. Jose Classic. And they, also, if they had Mac, it would have been amazing. And uh, Johnny Rods, maybe yeah. managing. This would have actually been a good faction. <laughs> Great. I would have been all over that. Tony Cologne, maybe. Right, Tony like, Cologne and uh, Jesus Castillo. <laughs> Can you imagine like, Tony Cologne coming back in like 1997? Yeah, I'm here. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. From like Newark or whatever. Proudly from Newark, New Jersey. In English. In English, please. In English. Listen to me right now. I know better. I'm against the Savio Vega. I'll bring my blood. We call each other Los Boricuas. Los Boricuas were kind of your, I hate to say it, but stereotypical like Latin gang is what they were going for. I'm not endorsing it nor condemning it, just right. stating what they it were going more for. just like, I don't know. They were just trying to, like, we're proud or whatever. Like, yeah. that was what they were going for, right? Yeah. And as we kind of, and this is June 97, by the way, and as we kind of went over when we were doing the worst stables. Los Bariquas wasn't necessarily bad. It was just, they weren't really featured. Yeah, it was annoying because it was like, we want to really make the biker guys look good, but F those other guys yeah. are fighting. And, and they, I feel like they got taken advantage of. Like, they didn't really let, like, Savio's crew get any one-up 
like other than the time they like messed up their motorcycles, the, but yeah, even then their car good, got messed up. Their car got messed up in, in, in return, so they didn't really win anything. See, it was like gang wars, just like real life, you know, yeah. where you mess with people's motorcycles in the parking lot or whatever it was, and their custom wheels or whatever, custom, custom Titan. Yeah. Um, and basically, what this led to is the nation of domination with Farouk and his crew crushing the DOA and Los Bariquas in some form or another in several permutations and iterations throughout the rest of 1997 would just be fighting with each other felt more like seven years it not one year so long <laughs> it was the long it's like the longest feeling feud ever yeah and it, you know it, what it also made, made me do what? it's also the feud that said um it's time to turn to wcw well like that's that, the thing because they were still interesting in 97 that's a mark of a bad feud when you when, when yeah. it prompts you to say hey what's going on on the other channel did it ever conclusively end? That's my main thing with it. I, don't know. I, feel, they, like it just, I feel like they just both went their separate ways, and then Paul Ellering got involved. <laughs> it's all sucked after that, and nothing. Yeah, I don't even like remember they existed anymore. Well, I guess the first thing that happened was the nation kind of bounced out in the fall. They're like, we're not involved in this anymore. We have other we're, things we're to go do. We're going to deal with DX. Yeah, and, and the Heart Foundation. Fucking important. Right, instead and Steve of Austin. This. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So that was like the first casualty. So then it's kind of just DOA versus Los Barucas you know in the some funniest, form. The funniest part is it's like based off the nation domination and the nation's the first to bounce. You throw the fuck out of here. We're yeah, not doing this anymore. It's like you are like just garbage things that came off yeah. of us. Like we don't. It's like we'll get out of here. And then Crush leaves shortly after Montreal. Right. Which really, and look, we don't love Crush. Right. But if you look at the DOA, it really doesn't matter without Crush. You gotta go fight <laughs> Bret Hart in WCW. Like he's the, my friend! <laughs> but he's not, now. You know what? Got him into the WCW. Now we're left with Chains leading the Ugh. other two Harrises and, and Sabi. As if Chains was the big leader. Remember Chains? Fake Undertaker is now fake Crush. Yeah, yes. he is. He's officially fake Crush. <laughs> it all comes for See, I told you it was real. <laughs> Remember Chains? Yeah. Uh, so by 98, by like mid-98, Chains is gone. And whatever remnants are left of the DOA are feuding kind of with like LOD. So yeah, the whole thing kind of petered out. Los Bariquas stays around the longest. Pretty sure eventually the Harris Bros just go to ECW or something. They're just like... WCW. You know, WC? Remember their creative control or whatever? Oh, right. It's really great. I thought they were in ECW briefly in between, but maybe They I'm may have gone mistaken. back there. They had been there previously. Um, yeah. That always happened, by the way, like back then, is like if you were like in this weird like one or two month limbo, you went to like ECW to just make a couple bucks and like fight some people. Why not? Right. Yeah. Now, what do you think, Quinn? Because <laughs> there's not a lot of meat on this bone. It just felt endless, but nothing ever happened. No. What do you think could have like could they have done anything? Should it just have fucking ended conclusively? I think everyone <laughs> should have gone their separate ways. They probably would have been more successful if everyone just like Savio could have just had a regular singles career and he would have been fine. Yeah. Like to be honest with he was you. He's a good wrestler. I he like was Savio. good. I like and him. like the Austin feud proved he could be on his own. He's good. And it didn't make any sense. It was just like he was just stuck with these guys and like let's go to like the, the whatever that show was, uh, Super, Super Astros. Astros. Yeah, no, that's where they went yeah. around with Maria and the midget <laughs> and all that. Like it, it is all real. It, this, this is, is actual. This is what they did with no, that. No, it is true. Yeah. Do you think that it was at least ambitious? I don't know whose idea it was. If it was Vince Russo, it probably was. But if it was Russo or Cornette or Pritchard or whoever, do you think it was at least ambitious, but the execution just sucked ass? I think here's the thing is that they were looking for something edgy to compete with the NWO. But what this was, was like kind of like a misfire. It was like, it was too real in a sense, but it was like, yeah, there was a lot of undertones there. What I, what, what I mean by that though, it wasn't 
fun because it was too real. There was nothing bombastic or big about it. It's like, this is just what's actually going on in the streets. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't want to watch wrestling to, like, lament about, like, what may or may not be going on in real life. Fair. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it helped them as far as a misfire is concerned that the leaders of the other two state, like Farouk's a good talker, but Crush is not. Crush is terrible. Charismatic visually. Like he's got a visual charisma, yeah. Crush does, but he's, it's, it's very telling that when he went to WCW, they immediately just made him an NWO crony. That's the best place for him though. Yeah. Play, honestly. They let Hogan talk for him. Oh God. And yeah, let yeah. him go fight people in yeah. his stead. Like I really want to like Brian Adams, the wrestler. I really do. But the more I see of him, it's like he's very middling in the ring. He had a good look and that's it. He had a it. good look. He, he couldn't do anything else. Good voice. He could say voice. Brock yeah. well or he, whatever. He just said bra with it a lot. But yeah, visually very charismatic. Good look, but not a good talker. Not no, great. And not then, at all. And Savio, bless him, not, no. a good, not a great talker either. No, but... Might be he, better than Crush. I thought Savio was charismatic, though. That's the whole difference. He was, and in the ring, he was good. I loved his feud with Stone Cold. I love... It's still I one of too. my, like, favorite early, like... Early Austin things, early right? Early Austin yeah. things. Like, it's great. Yeah. No, I mean, it really... It's a little bit of an underappreciated gem of the new gen era. Right. You it's know, true. for 96. And it's, it's also, like, to me, it's like a bridge to the Attitude Era. It's one of those yeah. bridge feuds. Yep. No, it, I agree with you. It's a little tougher than most of the stuff going on back then. It is. It, there's a lot of matches, but they're actually good. Whereas with this gang war stuff, man, it's just... I remember just seeing Raw, and it's like, oh, we're going to have the DOA taking on... Miguel Perez and it's like who cares? Who is Miguel Perez? That's what I was asking every week. I know that's the other problem is w with Crush's stable. At least if you were a sharp-eyed wrestling fan, you know that that's Brian Lee. Well, yeah, and you may know him as the Fake Undertaker well, or even previously as Prime Time. I, I did, I did. Okay, personally with the DOA, yeah, I felt that there was two crushes and there was two bald guys. That's what I looked at. Yeah, I know. I'm not no, even, I understand. I'm not even joking. Because Chains is other Crush. There was I know. a point where Crush and Chains looked way too similar. Like, I could not tell the difference between the two. I agree. And, like, I just, like, they'd say their names, but it wouldn't register with me. Right. Like, they say, that's that's Chains in the ring. I'm like, oh, Crush? Who, I know. What? Is that Crush? And the other problem, again, the Harris brothers, probably decent workers overall, right? right. They're, they're okay, but, look, not a lot of charisma with them. No. And... When you've seen them as the Blue Brothers or the Bruise Brothers or the Grim Twins, remember that, like briefly yeah. in 96, and then they come out and they have these generic, you know, skull and eight ball. I mean, cool, but like, there's no personality. There's nothing to get invested in, I, I guess, in the WWE, DOA. and I'm not kidding, or WF at the time, whatever. Yeah. Okay, JR. <laughs> I think that they thought that the bikes would carry them. I'm not kidding. It's a like, good uh, visual claim. I, I thought they, they, they said to themselves, oh, well... That bike entrance, that why would anyone not like this team? It's cool. To right? be fair, that's not a bad thought though. Yeah. But and the last isn't. time we'd seen bikes is when Rocco was driving the bike, you know. And so that wasn't good. And then he eventually came back to the bike people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, imagine <laughs> if Rocco was in the DOA. DOA. Oh my god. It just had like a do rag on his head or something. Like, he already Fake had a tattoos. leather jacket. Yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> they could have just put a do rag on Rocco's head. Rocco should have been in the DOA. His name fits Ford yeah. Skull Eight Ball Rocco. Who gives a shit? Um, and then the problem. God, could you imagine how? Like, people would have been so freaking mad. I'd be happy about in it. In the Attitude Era. Oh my puppet. God, yeah. Like, a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> and then the problem with Savio's stable is that he was the best one um, and the leader of it, which is fine. But like you said, who the hell's Miguel Perez? <laughs> no, Jose Estrada Jr. 
wasn't established as anything. Barely anyone then, certainly not me, knew who his dad was. You no. know, so you didn't even well, have you that need to watch 1982. Right. Obviously, <laughs> right. to know that. So you didn't even have that like second generation pull. You know what I'm saying? And I don't even know if Jr. They said, probably said that he's sometimes. The son but of a jobber. That that's the problem. That doesn't make. Well, he is the son of a conquistador, though. Which they're good point. They're you know Survivor Series finalists. So. Fair point. <laughs> finalists. That was their claim to fame. It's amazing. And then Jesus Castillo. I mean, he was mainly a World Wrestling Council guy for years yeah. and years before this. So he was also another no name. Did Mac have a son? Because that would have been great. Imagine there's a Mac Rivera Jr. A little Mac, if you little, will. Little Mac. There um, he is. <laughs> and the Nation obviously was the best stable out of the three. And Farouk very good. Rocky obviously very good. D'Lo, very good, and Kama wasn't bad. No, so Farouk ended up with the better stable. Oh, in yeah. The end. All those yeah. guys were good. Yeah, no shit. So, yeah, that's kind of the problem with them and the, that, that feud, those gang wars, they just petered out. And it, I just remember it being a real drag. It stunk. Up there with the Truth Commission and the Sultan, as far as things that just wasted time. I'm still, I still can't believe the Truth Commission didn't make the other thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, the worst stables. Yeah. But, you know, when you think of I mean, 97 WWF is great, don't get me wrong, but. It's not without its crap, and that's one of the things that I just not invested in. Not at all. The Sultan. Like I said, it's, yeah. it's immediate. Um, when I hear, dee, 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 see what's dee, going on with Hogan. See what's what's is the uh, cruiserweights on or or whatever. That yeah, or the cruiserweights or something like Ultimo that. So. Dragon doing anything? Chris Jericho? Wrath? Yeah. Something? Give me yeah. somebody. Yeah. You know? Mortis. Yeah, Mortis. I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> what if it really makes you want to watch Mortis hey. like that? You're you're doing something wrong. Who better than Mortis? Yeah. Anyway, let's uh. Let's call that a day on the gang wars. Why don't we go down to the fans and find out who drew number two. I am giving you the man from the Isle of Nowhere. Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom has made the list, folks. Another, another stables. Um, yeah, another retread stay. here, huh? Yeah. All right, we'll do our best but again. This is, Joe, this is the story of the Dungeon <laughs> of Doom. Not, this time. not a rundown of all the members. You're We're right. We're not talking about members. Correct. We're talking about the, the stable. The, the, the very deep backstory the, of the Dungeon of Doom and, and Hulkamania. Problems with Hulk Hogan, yeah. Basically, here's the deal a lot of people remember the Dungeon of Doom. I fondly. They're Remember great. the Dungeon of Doom? It's so campy. We've talked about it, right? It's campy yeah. and kitschy, but it's so stupidly likable. There's right. no other way to put it. Yep. It's really bad, but I really like it. I agree. You know, it, we know that it's not objectively good. And I, it's, I, Lucha Underground's like the successor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> The exactly. successor right. to Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> but basically, here's the deal. It all starts with a man named Kevin Sullivan. Remember him? Yeah. You've heard of him, right? Now, he was having problems with his brother, Evad, before this, right? Dave, yes. Yeah. D- Dave. Eve- no, Evad. don't call him that. That's and he wants to be Hulk Hogan fan, Evad. Now, Dave really loved Hulk Hogan. Like, right. Big time. I'm talking yeah. big time. Don't do that. And he dressed like him, even. And he turned on his brother because I got to be Hulk's friend. And Kevin's like, ah, fuck you. Yeah. So they have this feud, right? And then, meanwhile, Hulk Hogan is feuding with the man that stabbed him in the back, the Butcher Beefcake, you know. And also their friend, Can Avalanche. Can I kiss your butt, Hulk? Yeah. Also a feud with you Can and I get make a money? And Avalanche, Basically, yeah. yeah. Earthquake's like, I'm here now! Yeah. <laughs> I love him, though. I won't talk shit about I mean, Earthquake. he always hated Hulk Hogan yeah, anyway. He's like, fuck you! <laughs> yeah. Fuck you in this promotion, too! So they come in. But then Kevin Sullivan's with these two as uh, the three faces of fear, remember? Yes, this the original the- <laughs> faces of fear. Yes. And It's all connected, Joe. And, no, you're right. And Sullivan feuds with uh, Beefcake, who is by this point known as the man with no name. Don't Just don't ask questions, okay? That's what he's called. It's Slambury95. Mm-hmm. But the master enters the picture. Now, the master is Curtis Iakea. Right. Who you might remember from being Curtis Iakea. 
or not. He tells <laughs> Kevin Sullivan that he is now the taskmaster. You know, right. like he's his underling. He's the Goro. He's working for the master. Correct. And this is what, okay, this is one thing I want to say that everyone seems to forget about the Dungeon Room Doom. They always like, are like, no, Kevin Sullivan was, and no, he wasn't. No, the master he, was. He never, ever was the leader of the no. Dungeon Remember that. It's always the master. Even though he's off screen, they're getting their orders from the master. Correct. And even when he never appears again, he's still canonized as, like, the leader. Oh, yeah. No, they <laughs> never, like, forget he exists. Right. Hurry, right. my son! Get away from the stove! The real white finger tiger! The master tasks the taskmaster right. with a task, and that task is Quinn. You want to guess what it was? To eat shit. No, <laughs> sorry. To get Hulk Hogan. So the same thing, yeah. yeah. To destroy Hulkamania. As again, I don't want to retread every single aspect of this because it's not the not the venue for it. But basically, they round up a bunch of freak shows, right? All the people that didn't, all the fat guys that Hulk Hogan beat, basically. Right. So they turn Avalanche first and foremost into the shark. Right. <laughs> Just the stupid. It's important, Joe. They needed a shark. They Why is he a shark? They didn't need a natural disaster anymore. They needed an animal that could kill. They needed a shark. The shark! They drag in Kamala from God knows where. Yeah, and <laughs> so, he, he's just a bit another big fat guy. He hasn't faced Hogan in like nine years. They're like, no, you got it. You have yeah, but to. He, but he lost, and he's got revenge. He needs to get revenge. Uh, the man with no name is now the Zodiac. Beefcake again. Meng, I don't know why Meng is in it. He just is. Now, wasn't he working for Colonel Parker <laughs> yes, five minutes ago? Yes. What happened? That's weird. Gotta destroy Hulkamania. Yeah. A big Van Vader. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Obviously, we get the giant out of this. So, without going through every single member, essentially, this is all Dave Sullivan's fault. That's what I want to say. Right. But I think there's some important... Dave Sullivan's fault. Yeah, but I feel like there's a lot of memorable moments in this feud, right? Oh, no, no, there are. Yeah. And some of them are good. Uh, one of the biggest ones is when Hogan like first discovers the Dungeon of Doom. Right. It's not hot. Yeah, it's not that. hot. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> There's no Hulkamaniacs here! There's no Hulkamaniacs here! I've never been here before! Ah! It's not hot! Who cares? Now, he gets, like, transported there or something, right? Yeah. He, like, wakes up in the fog room, mm-hmm. and there he is. No, this is all real. Yeah. One of the big things that happens is he has a match. Well, he has two matches with the Giant at Halloween Havoc. Right. Now, this is part of the feud, so we have to cover it. Now, this Halloween Havoc is, like, 95. this is the big Dungeon of Doom party. Right? Oh, this is a big Like for I them. said before, this should have been called Halloween Havoc Dungeon of Doom or the Dungeon of Doom. This is one where uh, Randy Savage kicks the shit out of the Zodiac in like a minute. Well, good. Good. Uh, <laughs> this is also the one where, pretty memorably, Hulk Hogan and the Giant, before their regular match, they have a monster truck match. Right, because, you know, they're, they're big monster truck drivers and they said, you know what, let's settle this in the trucks <laughs> on the roof. Let's do that. Let's do it like Twisted Metal. Right. Fuck it. <laughs> Hey, Twisted Metal was popular in 1995. The Twisted Metal 2, that was out by then, too. Twisted Metal 2, I don't know. I think Twisted Metal Metal fucking ruled. Twisted Metal 2 is amazing. I I still love that game. Tremendous video game. Seriously. I I like the, what's the the pink car with the flame that comes out the freaking front of it? Oh, Uh, I don't remember. Thunder or something? Not Thunder. Axel? Alex? I don't know. Anyway, Hulk Hogan pushes the giant off the roof of Cobo Hall. Giant miraculously survives. Right. Goes on to... In the same night. Oh, in the same night. A little bit later. Goes on to defeat Hulk Hogan by DQ in a match where Hogan's longtime manager, Jimmy Hart, very long time. Very. (laughs) 
<laughs> so long. Had put two years. Had put something into the fine print where the title could change hands on a DQ. Right. And with that said, he betrays the Hulk. Sir, good enough with him being with Hogan. Yeah. And the Giant is now the new world champion. And then somewhere in all the commotion here in November of '95, this leads to Hulk Hogan dressing in all black for the first time with a sword. With don't forget and a neck brace, a Zorro thing. Like it was amazing. And they shave his mustache. Right. So <laughs> in, this, stupid. in this incident, Kevin Sullivan dresses like a woman, like yeah. an old lady, and Hulk Hogan is like in the crowd or something. He's like high fiving people, and then he hits him with like a frying pan. I want to say cast iron skillet, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Skillet. Is he Roseanne. Then, like, and then all the Dungeon of Doom come out and they help Kevin Sullivan while he's still he doesn't even get rid of the dress. Right. Which is just <laughs> clearly dress. just a thrown on like. Just something like over his pants. Yeah, of course. He just because he looks all fat. Could put on a real dress, right, Quinn. Yeah. He's just wearing like do. a dress shirt, right? <laughs> like a men's dress shirt yes. and a skirt or something. Yeah, and he shaves his mustache off. And that was funny because Hogan yeah. looked really dumb without a mustache. Now I always thought, was this for some movie or right guard commercial or I something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> any, for a right guard. Uh, anything. Looks like he's auditioning to be a chef or something. Yeah, the way he looks, looks weird. weird. Looks like one of the le- Golden Girls. Anything less would be uncivilized. Yeah, exactly. So. Meanwhile, I just want to mention here, Lex Luger, who had come in with his white shirt in September, he's a big pain in the butt this whole time. So, yeah, he joins in on this fun, too. Yeah, but he's also friends with Sting, like we so always say. So, he's like a he's like a double agent or something. I don't know what right. to call him, and that was the point, right? Yes. This is why I like that. He likes Jimmy Hart, and he likes Kevin Sullivan, but he also likes Sting, but we don't know what side, he, whose side is he on? Right. right, whose side is he on? Yeah. We won't find out for months, honestly. Uh, meanwhile, I just want to mention guys like Loch Ness, who is giant <sighs> haystacks, not haystacks Calhoun, but the other one. Humorous. Yeah. The Barbarian. Now, humorous. He looks like yeah. a question mark when he jumps off the thing on Saturday night, according to Mike today. Did you know that, Tony? Yeah, and that's uh, why he's the man of question, clearly. Big Bubber, One Man Gang, all these people. They're all in it. Are all in this. Their whole thing is to destroy Hulkamania. Now, but these later era ones, I feel like these are the guys that last. The Barbarian. Oh, yeah, they like, last for a long time. Yeah. But the thing is here, we just want to retread. Due to the way the Giant won the world title at Halloween Havoc, they had to crown a new champion at World War Three in November. Right. And that was Randy Savage, which yeah. is the, the funniest part is that it has nothing to do with Hogan, the world title at this point. Right. So the well, whole it, thing failed. It's caused by that, but <laughs> yes. Randy Savage wins it. Yeah. And I remember being very happy about this only because Same. I was like... <laughs> Finally, yeah. It's like no more Hulk. It's like Macho Man's got the belt. This is good. Yep. I'm all good with this. Yep. If it, whatever means, it's always some ridiculous means to get the belt off Hogan. It has to be. Yeah. It's like monster Spectacle. trucks and Yetis His and all life this is shit. Over. Yeah. We didn't even mention the, the, Yeti. the Yeti. Yeah. But Hogan's still feuding with the Dungeon, obviously, and it's Super Brawl six in February. Hogan defeats the Giant steel cage match but the whole dungeon's like oh fuck you still so this leads up to the most infamous the climax the apex if you will of this feud which is march of 96 uncensored it is the alliance to end hulkamania taking on hulk hogan and randy savage now in this um affair it's like 44 people we (laughs) we have a triple decker cage each lined with all sorts of Hogan enemies, yeah. most of them Dungeon of Doom, but also, for some fucking reason, the four horsemen get involved, like Iron Anderson in fucking sweatpants, Ric Flair, Flair yeah. just farting around. Yep. I feel like Brian Pillman was somehow, like, the, the new remember. horsemen were, like, involved. I don't think Pillman's in it, but Lex Flair, Luger, Luger's in like, it, yeah. All these people. Obviously, Quinn, who wins? 
uh, Hulk and Randy, they beat yes. like 47 people or something. And that's essentially the end of the feud. The, now, dun- how the dungeon we- continues. So to me, this is always like WCW's problem with with Hulk Hogan in general yeah. is that they like they literally like overpower him. Like his HP is like a million. Oh, I know. Like that's it's insane. It and and I guess he shared some of it with Randy Savage. He or gave something. him a little HP. He gave him a little maybe the HP points yeah. or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's 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 real though. Let me also not forget to mention Zeus was also in the alliance and Hulkamania. Z gangster. Yes. Oh what? my God. Oh, look at these two behemoths. Is this the backup he was talking about? And that's the end of that feud. So I will say this before we get to the ranking time. This is better than the Gang Wars. I mean, I think when we oh, officially yeah, place it. Oh, yeah, this is way deeper. This is okay. way deeper. You know what? So let's just call it ranking time so we can finalize here. Yeah. So the reason that I want to say is, even though DOA, Los Bariquas, Nation Domination, got some talent in there, right? Mm-hmm. Grittier, obviously, than this. Yeah. Like you said, it's more real life. Well, they didn't have giant haystacks. So <laughs> that was not a point in their favor, clearly. Yeah, you know what? That's one thing WWF never get, did. Get giant haystacks. They never had him. They could have. It was is a big, he, he big a co- What a coup! That would have been Bischoff. a coup. What a coup by Eric Bischoff getting giant haystacks, huh? He could have body slammed Yoko. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And listen, even though the gang wars were, like I said, grittier, more realistic, more of the times. If anything, the Dungeon of Doom feud is like the antithesis. Oh God, it's a fa- it's frozen in time. That could right. be that could take place any year. It could take they place. They could do this now in the video board zone or yes. wherever they wrestle. Like, they could do it in the video board zone. They could have done it in the 13th century. It, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a t- it's a, it's a uh, timeless tale of of evil people fighting good people. It's a tale as old as time. It's song e- as old as rhyme. Beauty and the Beast. Exactly. Literally, it's literally because uh, Hogan's the beauty and yeah. the the Dungeon of Doom's the Beast. You get a look at the master and yeah. you see what I'm saying there. And essentially, what I have to say about the Dungeon of Doom Hogan feud is it is so bad that it's good. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it's conclusive. Yeah. No matter how you slice it or dice it, it has a definitive starting point. We'll never forget when point. Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan beat 73 people in yeah. a triple-decker cage. I mean, that's classic storytelling. It's yeah. horrible. A giant it, fell off a building. and Yeah, monster know. trucks were involved. Yeah. Loch Ness. It's unforgettable. And that's whatever like you want to say about it. It's really stupid. Might also um, be nominated for the uh, best feud. Clearly, uh, it could have been, it, in my opinion. We'll see what they say. It has layers. Yeah, there's betrayal. The Zodiac was really a double agent the whole time too for double Hulk Hogan. A. It's got Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. There's pathos. I mean, yeah. this is a deep story, folks. It's got and a master. The good guys win. It's I got mean, a lair. It's got a la- there is a lair, a hideout, if you will. Yeah. Right. See, Hogan didn't do anything wrong. To be fair to him, they started this shit. Yeah. They did. Well, like, they were all, well. the only thing Hogan did wrong is beat all these people in the past. Right? Yeah, but he's just winning. I mean, he's allowed to. I guess so. Was he not supposed to fight? Yeah, defend his belt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the Masters started this shit and had Kevin Sullivan carry it out and made him do it. I so, still don't I mean, get what the Masters, like, what was his problem with Hulk Hogan? Didn't he How manage... He- Connected. Didn't he manage Kamala in oh, 1986? You're right. He did. It was the wizard. I it's think. All, yeah, it, you're right. It is. You know what's amazing? We if we. You know what's great about this feud, Joe? What? If we wanted to, yeah, we could actually like trace its origins back to well, yeah. certain things in WWF. One man gang was in it because Hogan beat him in '87. It's promotion crossing. No, yeah. it is. No, yeah. this is deep. This is yeah. what I'm saying. This is intertwined with a lot of things. Ever since Hulk won the belt in 1984. 
I mean, yeah. I, they could have put Iron Sheik in this and it would have worked. Oh, it would have made sense. Yeah. You could have put Dr. D in this and it would have made sense too. Yeah. It's just, it's a collection of everyone Hogan screwed over. Yeah. And giant haystacks could for some General Adnan in it. Like, <laughs> all that. Yeah. Um, and the good guys won at the end there. So you can't beat that as far as storytelling. The DOA thing was pointless, yeah. meandering, inconclusive, boring. Yeah. Nothing. Look. Say what you want about the Dungeon of Doom, but it ain't boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dungeon of Doom, like we said, it, it, it could go in so many di- different other directions, too. It yeah. had so much potential. I mean, imagine if Hercules and Paul Roma, so mad about that powerplex thing, <laughs> they, like, fucking join the Dungeon of Doom. I mean, you the, could make headcanon out of it. I can't do any of that about the other thing. The Barbarian's in it because Hogan pinned him at Survivor Series 90. Haku's in it because Hogan pinned him at Survivor Series 88. It all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, hell, we're even using shitty Survivor Series to build this shit up. So you got to give a lot of credit to Eric Bischoff and the powers that be over there in WCW in 1995. Didn't Kevin Sullivan write it also? Probably. Anyway, he's also the Taskmaster. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and the gang wars were ambitious. Mm-hmm. Maybe a good idea on paper, in all seriousness. They, it's not a bad idea to freshen up the program. All right, let's get some stables in here. But it sucked. Yeah. The gang wars sucked. Whereas the Dungeon of Doom, it sucked, but so majorly and triumphantly and gloriously sucked. Yeah, but at least it was grounded in all these feuds that exactly existed. And grounded in fantasy, yeah. not reality. So if you're okay with it, Quinn, Gang Wars number one, they're definitely worse than the Dungeon of Doom. 100%. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, I hey, look, we can't help it that we're kind of talking about stuff that we talked about last season, but we hope you understand and appreciate where we're coming from here because we are trying to just filter what is the best and what is the worst feuds and obviously what is this music yoshi related <laughs> what at number one for week one gang wars yeah. and number two the dungeon of doom uh let us know what you think folks which one is better which one is worse obviously next week we'll get into the rankings again but quinn when we come back every now and then we like to visit a lovely little program called wcw prime the prime baby we're gonna check out the first episode and that'll be coming up right after this. Maniacs, the darkness in the dungeon of doom shakes in fear just because Hulk Hogan is walking around with the power of the training, the prayers, and the vitamins. Everyone from Kevin Sullivan to the master to each and every creature that breathes the doom is afraid of Hulkamania because they're training the prayers and the vitamins are immortal. They'll live forever. And now my brother of the road, the macho man, is on a mission. He's gonna bring us the head of Ming on a silver platter, the first man on the destruction hit list of Hulkamania. And as he walks into the light of Nitro, may the maniacs be with him. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. 
So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 202. Michael, like we mentioned, we are reviewing one of your favorite programs. One of my faves. WCW Prime now. The Prime, baby! <laughs> I guess for any new uh, listeners that haven't heard us review Prime before, might not know what that is. They I'm, might also be saying, I know about Prime, but it sucks, right? Oh, true, possibly. Yeah. Let me give you a primer on Prime. Uh, this was a show that was on from February of 1995 until October of 1996, so a little over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And the reason it was named Prime is because it was on the Prime Sports Network, which was kind of like a conglomeration of regional sports networks that eventually went under this rebranding as a Fox Sportsnet. Oh, this is Fox Sports, yes. and it, which is now Fox Sports, obviously. Yes. So yeah. that's what that was, and oh, that, that actually that, that's really weird too yeah. because I don't know, like it's just weird that they made a show that they got wrestling right, like yeah, that, they got like, wrestling cable, like that 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 was the best they could fucking do. It's it, it is it's very similar to how ESPN was like. We got to get pole vaulting yeah. and like all these dumb things that nobody watches. When ESPN started, Jimmy. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. And Prime Sports actually was absorbed into Fox or whatever, whatever the deal was in November of 96. And this last aired in October, which leads me to believe that the only reason they stopped airing it is because of Fox. Oh, really? When they took over. Well, I mean, A, well, you couldn't call it Prime anymore. The other thing is the Turner company, they don't want to have anything to do with Fox. They're different. I hate Rupert Murdoch or yeah. whatever it is, right? They're feuding. Yeah, yeah, I know. Are they still? Are they I, both alive? Yeah, they're both alive, right? Yeah, but Ted Turner's like retired and he like ranches or something. Is that what he does? Yeah, like he he basically like I hate the whole like I feel like Ted Turner got the screw at the end the of like, AOL the time AOL Warner, time yeah. war because he like everyone li- got the screw with he that literally like built this whole thing up and then these fucking nerds from AOL come and buy his company which was already he was like kind of not as influential as it is After and then the they time like Warner they merged, extra yes. like pushed him out even though like. He's the whole reason, like all these networks they have exist. That's business for you, there, and, Michael. And, and now he just has to like quietly live on a ranch that, like, I'm sure he's doing okay. No, it's not that he's like poor. It's that like, yeah, no, he's it's not. like a business maverick, a guy that was like actually smart, just got pushed out for like them to go fuck his company. <laughs> that's what pisses me off and about that's, it. That's like, why there's no WCW or one of the biggest right, reasons exa- for exactly. that merger. And AOL like took a immediate dump. By the way, yeah, so, like, they, they thought they're so they good. They sucked so much <laughs> that the the execs at Time Warner like got rid of the AOL. They like bought them out. They're like get out of our company. Like, and then they just lived in like nothing forever. That is regarded, yeah, as one of the worst business mergers of all time, isn't it? Yeah, okay. it is. Just checking. Uh, but back in simpler times here, WCW Prime started, and this one is actually the first episode. And before we get into that. Quinn, one of the things that's great about WCW Prime, mm-hmm. and just for the record, the matches on this are generally taped at the same time as they would tape stuff for Worldwide right. and Pro. It's They, they speckle in some Saturday it's, night stuff. And, and they'll pull in stuff from Saturday night, but it's the, from the same tapings. The, usually the Disney ta- usually right. the Disney tapings. So we're not talking about anything that's very important whatsoever, but, <laughs> but, 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 and here's why the show is good. Right. There is such a relaxed tone to this one where they are not overshilling the main stories. Right. You know how if you watch Pro or if you watch Worldwide or even Saturday Night during the Nitro era, all they're doing is talking about the main storylines. Well, Tony, the NWO is right. good like, or whatever. Nonstop. And I get why they do it. I'm not saying I get it. But Prime is what we like to say all the time about canon. Yes. This is like its own like, this is extra by itself. It, with the, they're aware of the storylines going around, 
but they treat Prime like it is the Prime yeah, thing. Like, they, it is like, no, the, the matches on here, if you win here, you might, like, get to fight, like, Hulk Hogan right. or Ric Flair or some shit, right. right? It's like, this is a big fucking deal. This is very important, this show. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially the WCW version of Coliseum Video in terms yeah. of, like, the, the casual... F- pace of the announcers and yes, everything yeah and it's they're usually talking about nothing 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 to do with what's going on or treating the matches importantly so it's like a great mix and it's the dusty Rhodes showcase man if you ever have any doubts that yeah. dusty Rhodes is a good tv announcer yeah this will shut that I up mean, i'm dusty telling you Rhodes man. on a week-to-week basis not even just this first episode but this is a all week of to week. he he always is saying things like you know, people are calling me up about the, the prime moon match this yeah. week. That like it's important. They they want to know who's gonna be in the moon match. Right. Like who's gonna win on prime, baby? Like it's like like why does any none of it like right. fucking none of it matters? In the wrong hands, this show would be a disaster to watch. Like yeah. if Larry Zabisco was the commentator or something oh, yeah. like that, or you know, you know, anyone. Or if it was WWF and it was like Grumpy ninety five gorilla, it would yeah. be bad. But Dusty somehow puts this whole show over for its entire run its entire run we've seen a lot of these uh, yeah. ones that we haven't reviewed even it is tremendous so buckle up folks because it is time for wcw prime february 6th the debut 1995 and as per tradition yep. we always return to the prime every couple episodes the we have prime to. canon we got to know what's going on we have to i mean i yeah. like to see what's going on in prime so we get quinn that classic sports style theme to open this up complete with you know the tech corridor or hallway or whatever um, all happily <laughs> same intro they used throughout the entire glorious run of, <laughs> yep. it's like never changed even the clips like there's people who don't work here anymore like later but this is still played yep various wrestlers seen with the great like ps1 music you know what i mean <laughs> it's good music like, clearly like early cd we can we can fit like four megabytes of track here so like, you know what i mean yeah <laughs> and we are welcomed by dusty Rhodes and Eric Bischoff. Weird. I guess Bischoff was doing the McMahon tradition of wanting to appear. They <laughs> cared for the show on day one. Yeah, right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Prime Time. That's WCW on Prime. I'm Eric Bischoff, along with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Note to the producers: the less they care about Prime, the better. Just let Dusty like exist off in this thing. And the reason we're saying it's weird that it's Bischoff is because. The majority of episodes is actually Chris Cruz, of all people. Right. Uh, he, who's tremendous with Dusty. Yeah, Chris Cruz, the reason we like Chris Cruz in this role is because along with Dusty, both of them care way too much about this show. It's they great. Are, they are like, this is the best shit. And they have good banter, too. Like, yeah. Cruz has a great sense of humor uh, right. with Dusty, so they have a lot of fun together. There is, like, a Tony Schiavone era uh-huh. for, like, a month or something and on the show. Tanay may even do one or two. I'm yeah. not sure. I say Schiavone is the closest thing to Cruz here because yes. Schiavone, like, lets it go with the, let the like acting like this matters thing. oh yeah no like, he, he does but it, like it, everyone else doesn't seem to care as much bischoff's okay though i'll give him yeah. he's not horrible but uh anyway dusty looks like he just got back from a baptism as uh he eric, might have you, know, eric, you never know what baptism. dusty's doing day to day <laughs> eric tells us this will be nothing but fun i agree yep, he's that's right. not a bad thing we are going to have nothing but fun i'll tell you what this is a tremendous event for television He's acting like this is a television event, and I love him so I'm much for so it. so into it. <laughs> it's a television event, Daddy. He tells us that he's showered with the best, and he's going to give us that inside. They got youngins and oldins. <laughs> he says this. Oldins. oldins. I've showered with the best, and I can give you that insight on what it's all about here on Prime. And we got some bonus matches and some youngins and some oldins. 
Eric, by the way, has like a young Pat Sajak vibe going on. I can't yeah. explain it, Can, but I, I will say for this first ep- episode, I do think Eric cares. He does. He's, He's like, so into it, but like cares in a way where it's like we're gonna do this the dusty way. Yeah, no, like, you know, it's Eric's great. like dusty. Do your thing. It's it's like, awesome. Eric lets him like do whatever he does. Uh, we head right over to ringside where there's a proud prime like tarp on the guardrail. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Dustin Rhodes' crappy theme song starts up and. We do have Eric and Dusty on commentary as well. Yep, the whole show. Yep, the whole show. Dustin comes out looking like it's still 1992. But hey, it's only right that Dusty's son opens the first (laughs) Prime ever. That's my son, Daddy. There he is. Hey, sorry. I just got off the phone with Bruce Pritchard to see if we can get a decent fucking Dusty Rhodes impression on this show. You know what's crazy, Quinn? Mm-hmm. Dustin is already a seven-year veteran. <laughs> yeah, he's like a vet. And he's 25. He's good. It's crazy. Uh, George, George South is going to be his opponent. He looks like total shit, I man. love it. Proudly. S- sloppy. Greasy. greasy. Yeah, <laughs> looks like he just got back from some union meeting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Nick Patrick will be our referee. Yeah, mustache edition. Yep. Ring announcer, David Penzer, if you care. And by the way, we're oddly in an arena, not the Disney MGM or whatever. Yeah, for this match. Yeah. It changes later. We'll get to that. But yeah, you're I, right. I've watched a lot of these early primes. Actually, this arena taping, whatever they did here, there's like a lot of matches on Prime from this from like for the first like two or three months of the show. Makes sense. Yeah, they probably did a bunch of them here. Uh, Bischoff and Dusty are busy talking about being nice to the kids as South backs off, yells at the fans, boot by South and a punch. Back right, nicely done by South there. Irish whip is reversed, drop down and a hip toss by Dustin. Harley race knee misses and South now lands a shoulder block. Why is South getting offense? Well, Quinny's a grizzled veteran, obviously, and he's just trying his best to losing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he yells at the crowd more as he heads upstairs. He's met with a slap to the face, toss off by Dustin, and the drop kick, which Eric calls a jump drop kick because he's Eric Bischoff. No need for that. Again, just defer to Dustin, <laughs> yeah. please. Just listen to what that is not what the move is called. Daddy like whispers into his ear. How do I get a job with that free shows? Oh shit! Sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, south of the back elbow, some posing and some yelling. As Dusty claims, if South <laughs> if South wins on a big show like Prime, everyone will take notice and he will blow up. <laughs> like this is why I love Dusty Joe. Yep. This shitty show is treated like it's the biggest thing ever. Like, Constantly, this is, this is what I was saying at the beginning. Like the matches matter. Yeah, if you win on the Prime, this you're gonna gr- you're going straight to Nitro, getting title shots. This greasy ass George South is yeah. gonna really blow up if he beats Dustin on Prime. Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. Irish whip dug under by South, flying clothesline by Dustin. Ten punches in the corner, followed by the dusty elbow and a bulldog by Dustin gets the win. Hey, nice and quick. Nothing wrong with that. We even get the replay of this shit match because everything matters on the Prime. That's right, you gotta but, show the replay, yeah. Quinn. That was a, look at the bulldog dad in a slow motion daddy. Maybe Vince Russo is available. Now that seems like you're kind of squash. Oh, that was quick. It was, it was quick. It didn't, it wasn't offensive. I will say I don't like George South getting that much offense, but you know what? It, it wasn't long. You'll allow it. Yeah. Because okay. of the time. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Dustin can now move closer Quinn to getting fired for blading on the truck or whatever soon. <laughs> That's happening Stupid. soon. Uh, we go to break. We come back to the green screen again where Eric is randomly speaking German and Dusty has a funny line that I'm just going to dump in here because I can't do it justice. Harold, can I ask you a question? What? Sprechen Sie Deutsch? No, man. No, I speak Texas or Texican or even roadism that is becoming very famous here on Prime. 
even Bischoff laughs at that. You like, have it's to. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they discuss Alex Wright, Das Wunderkind. Um, Dusty thinks he's very good. We're going to see him right here on the Pram uh, as we go to a special video package with Alex Wright's tremendous theme very here. Good. Very good. And it's mainly clips of him dancing and wrestling. Plus animation that looks like Nick Arcade. It's a total scene. I can't believe they spent money on this. But you know what? Fuck it. We have Turner money. Let's spend it, damn it. <laughs> this is like... Uh, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. I'm very Nick Arcade. You get control of Mikey. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, it's like the, the like when they would show like what the action is in the dun, like dun, event, dun, dun, like oh, there'll be an animated one. guy, yeah. not Mikey. I'm talking about like they're like before they the go final boss. Yeah, before they go in the like arcade zone, they're like you do this, and it would show like a little stick man running or whatever. Now you have one minute to get through all three levels. After the first two, if there's any time left, the two of you will go in there and try to mungo with Mungo. Hey, both of you, Stacy, Bam, Clint, go in there and bust the move on Mungo. Good luck. Did you like that show? I love that show. It was pretty fun. And I love that it got the second season with the revised video. Game like, lineup. Like, like, revised game lineup and revised, like, oh, boss the bosses, thing. yeah. Like, that was amazing. Second season was and better. And also, Mikey's second map. They right, even right. made a new map. Like, yeah, everything right. was refreshed in the no. second season. Good Imagine show. if they made Nick Arcade season three, but it's like they bring back like the way it looks and it's more like a retro game feel. I'm surprised they haven't, truthfully. That seems like a like a slam dunk. Have they? And we just missed it in they like could've. 2017. You know how shit is these days. I would be it would be so cool because I think kids would like it because retro games are kind of like an aesthetic that kids get now. True. That's like Super Mario or whatever. Good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. Anyway, Quinn, Alex Wright, he's good as far as I'm concerned. I have no problem with him. Uh, I don't. It's when he turns into Berlin is when he has problems, but we're way we're far way away from before that. that. Now he's, he's just a youngin. Yeah, he's great. Uh, we hilariously cut back to Dusty, who's trying to do the Alex it's Wright incredible. dance. Amazing. Yeah. And Dusty's like, I get the shaking and the shimmying when I see him. Annoyed grunt. Dusty tells us that Prime sent him out to look at this kid's background here, and there's all kinds of excitement with Alex Wright, just like Prime. He loves the show. <laughs> oh, it like, always comes back to the Prime is good. And then we go to ringside where the Nasties enter to their theme that's literally their WWF theme, but with rapping, and I like it. It's a good modification. Like, to me, if the Nasties stayed around in WWF, yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised because, remember, we know the Nasty Boys can sing after that WrestleMania 8 thing with Sherry, remember? I bet you they would have just like maybe they had this song in their pocket even they like recorded it at in Nastyville or whatever. Uh, what, oh yeah, because they're not from Allentown in WCW. Right, they're and, not. Yeah, Nastyville. It's like their sub home. It's like it's like the other. It's their spring residence or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, that leads me to think. I haven't looked this up, but. I bet you since it's literally the same song, that means Jimmy Hart maybe wrote their Perhaps. WWF theme. I okay. Can I? This is a weird question about the Nasty Boys in general. Are they one of those like teams that because they kind of like invented the name Nasty Boys when they were like an AWA or some shit? Did they have some kind of like contractual like they owned the name? That's what I'm like, guessing because they had the logo shirts and everything. I think even they probably w owned their shit. They owned everything because they were that before WWF mm -hmm. and after. Yeah, the old, they were actually never. WWF didn't change them much. They must have owned the, the rights to their, like, gimmick. I think they did. Because they established that in, what, the mid-80s, I want right. to say? Yeah. 86? They took it everywhere. Yeah, and they're... They even took it to, like, No More Prima Donnas and everything. <laughs> like, XWF, yeah. yeah. Well, Nobs did anyway, yeah. Nobsy baby. Uh, anyway, folks, their faces now, in case you forgot the timeline, their mm -hmm. their faces here. Yeah, and they get the fake cheers. Yeah, there are fake cheers dubbed in. And Eric plugs the big Harlem Heat versus Nasty Boys match, which coming up eventually at Super Brawl. And their opponents here are Mark Kyle and Mark Starr. Yeah, two Marks, get it? You know that's totally like 
because they don't care on these shows. That's they're, a total in-joke. I'm not even kidding. They're facing a couple of marks, Dream. You know, yep. I'm surprised they didn't say that. I cannot believe they didn't say it. Chris Cruz would have. Chris Cruz would have immediately <laughs> jumped on that. Happily. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, referee's going to be Pee Wee Anderson as Dusty's talking about Sister Sherry, who is newly with Harlem Heat. Newly minted manager. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, Nobbs is with Mark Starr. Bischoff makes fun of, this isn't nice. Bischoff's like, oh, the Nasties ran Max Payne off to a lesser organization. Hey, we don't need that here. It's prime. We I don't, know. We like, don't take shots. Because remember, I, like I said, Dusty even doesn't take shots at Goldust on prime. No, he doesn't touch that. Prime is it, it, its its own thing. They do the commentary. It's the biggest show in America or whatever. Like, we don't need to worry about other organizations. We don't even have to worry about WCW. No. We just worry about the Prime. The Prime organization. Yeah. They drink coffee and they do this at 8 a.m. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's my canon. This, you know what I would say about the Prime? I wish that there just existed a bunch of footage with no commentary and that you and me could cobble a show together out of and just pretend like it was its own do our own green screen and everything yeah, yeah. we have a green screen we I could mean, just I do have one invent our own show and like <laughs> like just our own canon like, hey richard land if you want to get us some um some footage with no commentary somehow we can like cobble together storylines that don't exist let's make it happen folks yeah. uh, now to be fair to bischoff i'm gonna give him one point in his favor though quinn the WWF, compared to Max Payne, they made Man Mountain Rock look stupid in that Michelle Tanner season three jumpsuit he was wearing. Here's he was like thing, an idiot. Is that I can't say he was that bad because my dad always got a big kick hey, out of him. Hey, Mike, he's uh, got a WWF guitar. He loved it. <laughs> Whatever it was. So they clearly like knew people would dig it, at least the live. The live crowds thought Man Mountain Rock was cool as shit. You could tell. Like the pot, he would get like, they didn't dub shit in for that. People no, were no. like, oh shit, this is awesome. I like him. I like the worker. I think yeah. that he just looked like silly in the tie dye. Yeah, That's yeah. My only I think problem if they just changed his look, but the guitar thing, that was like was cool. over as hell. He was actually playing. Yeah. He was actually, he was actually good. playing, and people were like, this is awesome. Yeah, like, that was cool. For a live thing. Yeah. That would have that been over in the Attitude Era. It would have went you think? perfectly with the like biker people and stuff. I'm not kidding. No, I mean like like how they had like chains and eight ball and all them. Custom Titan guitar. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, Bischoff somehow remembers when Jerry Sags lost his front tooth. He's like, yeah, I was there. He probably was. I don't even think Didn't he'd he make that up. did he not have it in WF, though? No, he was talking about, like, I think he's alluding to AWA. Oh. Oh, wow. I think that's what he's talking about. Anyway, Toothless Jerry's in now with <laughs> with a leg drop and then a pity city over to Nobsy, baby. Literally no reason for that pity city. It wasn't even like the end of the match. <laughs> just random. Just for fun. Yeah. And uh, Dusty's like, hey! Like, you know. Yeah, he makes a funny noise. Oh, no! This is... Oh, that's a bit, brother. <laughs> yeah! Big hairy Mark Kyle comes in here, double teamed by the Nasties, tag back to Knobs. I must say, I like the Nasties more that we're going through the WWF pay-per-view show. Yeah, you like, know what? I agree with you. They, they, they like, when you're watching them in order, they make more sense. And they have a they're, lot of charisma. Out of context, they're like, what are these guys? They're yeah. big goofs. But like, if you've seen them like in like the context in order, you're like, oh, I see why they're Dude, over. They're like, good at WrestleMania 7. They're just decent. They're decent all around. They're just a good act. It's a good act. Yeah. You said it right, and they honed that act for years, obviously. It's and true. They're good at it. Yeah. Uh, slingshot splashed by the Nasties, power slam by Knobs, tagged to Sags, who lands his shitty flying elbow for the win. Very proud victory <laughs> yep. on the prime, baby. On the prime. A great pace with these squashes, man. No fucking around here. No, this is the kind of, this is like 83, where there's like 700 matches yeah. somehow. This, this is the type of syndicated, and this isn't even, it's cable, but this is the type of programming we like on these shows. Yeah, you know what I mean? style of just like... Let's have 20 matches yep. in 40 minutes. Love it. Yep. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, we go to break. We come back to Eric and Dusty hyping up the big family feud match known not 
Family Feud, the game show. I thought that he was talking no. about it because I remember WCW was on Family Feud once. Uh, yeah, they were I so that, I thought he was going to throw to some like motorsports style <laughs> segment. It's like, hey, we did this or whatever. No, no, Quinn. It is Dave versus Kevin Sullivan. Yes, we get Evad. Don't call him that. Uh, Dusty's What's his name? <laughs> Dave. He uh, rechristened himself, Joe. Dusty says a, Dusty uh, was at the baptism for it. <laughs> that he was actually at a christening, yes. Yeah, for Evad. <laughs> it's real. Dusty says, you know, a family feud is like the Funks versus the Rhodes or the Andersons against the Rhodes. They're fighting since the time they were siblings. They're always siblings. What is he, <laughs> like, funny. since the time? Like, since mean, when they became siblings, yeah, obviously. What? He says it's methy. Um, Dusty <laughs> wants Dave to stand up and slap at Kevin Sullivan as we throw to Saturday night now, where Kevin grumpily makes his entrance in a purple robe. Yeah, and yelling at Wildcat Willie, who I love, by the way, even though Joe denies his existence, he's in this big time, this this whole episode. I'm not sure who that is. He is like the Samu of WCW, Joe. He sees everything and happily dances in the background of the entrance with nobody suspecting shit. I don't know who that is. I don't know who Wildcat you're talking about. Willie, baby. That's not a thing. I don't know what that is. Don't uh, worry, he'll be in more of this episode. What do you mean? Yeah. Anyway, Kevin Sullivan is part of, hey, Three faces of fear. Yep. So he's almost a taskmaster, we're half, Quinn. We're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, but not quite yet. Yeah. Um, so I got to say here, either I, Eric and Dusty are dubbing new commentary or this never actually aired on Saturday night. It was just taped during it. You know, I can't tell. I'm pretty sure it happened on Saturday You're night. You're pretty sure? Yeah, because yeah, I think I I've seen the episode. The Saturday night episode where this yeah. happened. Okay, so they're just dubbing new commentary there. Right, it's I think the they're, just, they're doing they're doing the like Coliseum treatment, <laughs> yeah. or like or, or prime time treatment even. Yeah, where essentially, like Lord and Mooney are just there for some reason. We're here live in the arena, your lord. Even though you saw this two days ago yeah. or something, like it's like what? So Dave's stupid ass music plays and he runs out dressed like Hulk Hogan. I fucking love it so much. <sighs> what is your problem with him? Like what, he's what, terrible. What? I mean, what's my problem with him? He's awful. <laughs> yeah, but he's so lovable. He's, no, he's dumb. Not. Like in, in the good way. I know George from Mice of Mice and Men, right? Yeah, That's it's what, like, or Lenny. Lenny. Excuse yeah, me. he's like. Why would anyone not like this character? I can tell you why. He sucks. <laughs> Kevin thankfully just attacks him to start. It's so sad. No, it's not. It's great. It's so sad. It's fine Joe. with me. Uh, referee is Pee Wee Anderson again. Stomp, stomp, stomp by Kevin Sullivan. I remember Quinn seeing this whole shit at nine years old, right? Because I was watching the WCW at this time, seeing Dave Sullivan, and I thought it was stupid then. What? Um, See, I probably thought the same too, but I learned to appreciate it. I learned to understand that this was a great thing. Oh yeah, the nuance in this feud, right? It's a, it's, it's brother versus brother, but you feel bad for one of the brothers, even though they're. I both, feel bad for Kevin having to do this, even though they're both technically evil, and they're, you, and they're not even brothers. What do you mean? Never mind. Don't don't uh, don't pop the illusion here. Okay, sorry, uh, Kevin. For the record, not wearing knee pads in 1995. Real cool. Heinous backdrop by Dave Sullivan in the ground to pound terror as he chokes. Too bad. Sullivan. Sorry. He, uh, Evad chokes Kevin with his Hulk Hogan robe. <laughs> Proudly with the Hogan shirt on. It's like Roddy Hogan was a wrestler. He is! Like, He's Roddy Hogan the wrestler. <laughs> he looks a lot like he him. Does. You're right. Actually, how do we know they're not the same person? I'm just kidding. It could, it's possible. It could be. I used to get that confused. I was like, wait a minute. Is that guy in the crowd Dave Sullivan? I'm not kidding. It could when be. When I was a kid. <laughs> they should have just kept Dave Sullivan around forever. No, they shouldn't have. I, I can assure you they should not have. Could you imagine if he had to like come to his defense in the Voldemort feud? Over woman or whatever, like, could you imagine? No, I don't like, want it. I don't. Evad, it, when, it, whenever it, the hell this piece of crap in the toilet, and then Evad comes out of like the stall and like just for my brother, like you know. After he sees the King Lion, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. Everything's settled after the whole Kimberly thing, okay. so they're friends again. Just checking. Yeah. Uh, Irish whip in a collision sends Kevin outside. Dave hops down after him. We find out Quinn 
that Hulk Hogan actually gave Dave Sullivan these boots that he's wearing. That These are the same boots that Hogan wore when he defeated Andre, and then Andre died? Yeah, a few, a few days later, remember? That's right. But I gotta say, I guess Hogan took them back and put them in his closet or whatever for that show. Yeah, because these are not the boots <laughs> as we come to find out later, because yeah. we know they appeared on that MTV Cribs right. later, so it can't be these boots. It's not. Uh, Kevin back on offense here, tearing off Dave's Hogan shirt, which is good. Poor Evad. This is heartbreaking, Joe. Dave with a corner whip charge and a boot up by Kevin. Kevin misses a boss man attack and Dave, Dave goes to work with horrible punches and a headbutt. As Eric says, they call Evad the Forrest Gump of wrestling, and I personally consider that accurate. I do. Why? Because he's lovable and he's not the smartest uh, guy, but, you know, he, he tries. He's pretty good, you know? What's he re- Why are you giving me this look about Evad? How he's do you good. like Dave Sullivan but not Bull Buchanan? Because he's never had the personality that Evad had. Paul Buchanan what is... What personality are you seeing? What do you mean? He's got the King Lion and the fucking... That's all he ever and said. The and, the, and the bunny. And he's, he's got a the, pet bunny. He's got the whole gear You on. like it. Yeah, he's, he's great. The bunny. Don't Yeah, the, remember his green robe? Later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's good. <laughs> the green robe is very good. He's wonderful. It's so shitty. <laughs> it's like he's trying to be like Kevin, but he's terrible. Like everything about... It's a metaphor for his career. Everything about him is overly detailed for some reason. <laughs> the bunny? Yeah. It's, it's, he like... Any gimmick that they give this guy, he like... He goes... Gimmick? He goes running with it. The gimmick is you're stupid. <laughs> I love it. That's his gimmick. I love it. Honestly... I love how, like, in, like, 95, the EVAD, DDP, Kevin Sullivan, all these people only in, on, like, Saturday night have this, like, specific connection to each yeah, other. Yeah, it doesn't cross over it anywhere never, else. It never... Never mentioned again it elsewhere. never makes it to Nitro. Like, maybe sometimes... Nitro wasn't on yet, that's why. Okay. But it, it never really makes it out of there. No, it's just Saturday night, and it's, it doesn't even go but to pay-per-view, if really. you think about it, it all leads to, like, I think the apex of all of this is it leads to DDP being poor and the silent benefactor. Eventually, yeah, because like Mark Mero comes in and then Mero, well, not Mero, Johnny B. Bad, and then eventually it's Booty Man, but we don't want to. Also, talk the about origins him. of Kimberly not liking DDP are actually in the Dave. It um, starts with Dave. The Dave date situation. Continues to Johnny B. Bad, and then Booty right. Man has to fill in. Yeah. Right. It's all connected. Yeah, great. Uh, Irish whip, big boot, leg drop, one. Two, but the butcher runs out uh, to interfere. Fuck him and his sunglasses. <laughs> like, seriously, like, Evad had it. Did he? He hit the leg drop. He's not Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but he was trained by him or whatever. I don't even think he, Hogan bothered to train him. He's like, here's some yeah. fucking old rain boots I found. They're the, one, they're the ones I beat Andre I got, with, wink, wink. I got wink. things to say how this, how this fucking shakes okay. out here. Uh, Beefcake almost drops Dave on his head while setting up for Aww. a trio. Well, I know. That wasn't planned. Crowd chance for Hogan as Eric calls Butcher a backstabbing piece of garbage. I agree. Well, Butchers do use knives. Mm-hmm. Beefcake now puts on a sleeper, and Eric says that that move is banned by the LAPD. Please stop. It's fucking Brutus Beefcake. He's not that threatening. Crum- I like to smell your butt, Hulk. Can I be a bad guy against you? Like, that's what this feels like. <laughs> bad guy? Yeah, it's real. <laughs> Crummy brain buster by Kevin as Beefcake grabs scissors. What was he, the barber now? He's cutting Dave's hair? Where the fuck is Hulk? Can he save his friend here? Like, what a fucker. Like, seriously. Quinn, because it's Dave Sullivan and he's horrendous. No one cares no! about Dave Sullivan. You don't? Okay. <sighs> There's more here. Okay. Just go. Oh, you mean Beefcake cutting up the Andre boots? It's so sad, and it to- again, like it confirms <laughs> yeah. they're not the Andre boots. And then Bischoff is funny here. He does his like serious Vince it's McMahon amazing. voice, this is amazing, like the Cobra Bite voice. Bischoff, 
Bischoff whispers, yeah. you can still see the autograph from Hulk on them, like all sad. All serious it's, and it's, sad. It's like, it's like a sock. That was like, a nice, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It was a nice touch. You can still see the autograph that Hulk Hogan gave Dave Sullivan when he presented those boots to him. Uh, some random jobber or two tries to help, but Kevin Sullivan just quickly tosses them out. And by this point, I'm like, seriously, Fuck Hogan. He took advantage of this, like, mentally challenged guy, and he can't even fucking help him. Like, what a terrible hero. Yvette is just left in his socks and underpants in the ring. Like, just totally screwed over. Like, it's sad. Sorry, Clint. It's so sad. Erickson. What a dick. Like, seriously. He, like, led this guy... Down down a path that just got his ass whooped. He just gave him a pair of boots to make him shut up and leave him alone. That's all he did. He's you think Hulk Hogan be, cares about Hulk any Hogan's person? Hulk supposed to be a nice person. He's what, not, though. What is this shit? You know, have you ever seen him? I think we saw Hogan's true colors. I think the real nice guy, the real Hulk Hogan is Evad Sullivan. You heard it here first. Eric Bischoff sends us to break, and we come back to the WCW Control Center Hall with Mean Gene. Dreadfully green screen, by the way. Hate like. It. The, it, it is so green in here. This is it, Gene Okerlund, back at the WCW Super Brawl Control Center. I love Mean Gene, mm-hmm. but anytime Gene's doing these in WCW, I just feel like he's cheating on me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's bad. I just and he's feel... not even hyping live events anymore. He's just hyping like the pay-per-view just for pay-per-views, like yeah. four weeks in a row. I just feel betrayed, and I know that it's not his fault, obviously. He... He's just taking his act over to WCW yeah. for better money. I mean, he took it from... High tech. High tech. All yeah. the tech. He took it from AWA to WWF and then WCW, and I get it, man. I mean, Vince wanted to give him a pay cut. Gene said no. He's a free agent, man. Totally fine with that. Agent you know what for I mean? hire, Gene yeah. Okerlund. Totally get it. Totally mm-hmm. get it. I just always have this uneasy feeling, especially in these earlier days where they're still doing the WWF Junior thing. Yeah. And just, but anyway, Super Brawl 5 is coming up Sunday, February 19th from Baltimore Arena. I always thought it was weird that WCW had a fake WrestleMania <laughs> with numbers, but they treated it just like another pay-per-view. Like, yeah, it know, wasn't... Like, what is the... The numbers don't mean anything if the pay-per-view isn't prestigious. It's not like it's in some big arena show or whatever. No, I mean... Obviously, Starcade is their biggest one. What is their second biggest? Was it Super Brawl by this point? I don't think so. I think it was, no? By this point? Was this their SummerSlam, I just always think Super Brawl is just literally, it's to trick people into thinking it's WrestleMania. I'm not kidding. I've always thought that what they did is they put numbers at the end, right? And if you weren't paying attention or if you were just like a parent who wasn't like counting the WrestleMania oh, numbers. Yeah. Like you're just look, like, Jimmy. Oh, look, it's, 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 it's the Re- Hulk Hogan. You might even say to your kid, it's WrestleMania. Well, yeah, a lot of parents just called any wrestling WrestleMania. Exactly. This is totally like a marketing trick. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. But Super Brawl Revenge. Remember that one in like 2000 or <laughs> whatever it was? Stupid. It's weird too, because they do have a WrestleMania. It's called Starcade. You know what I mean? Yes, they do, Michael. They and- didn't number that one. And honestly, there was like years where I swear they treated like uncensored or something like it was like the second biggest. Bash at the beach a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah like, it fluctuated. It, it was always like whenever they decide. That was the one thing I do sort of like about WCW because mm-hmm. they didn't have any other than Starcade at the end of the year. Because mm-hmm. they didn't have any like hard like these are traditions or whatever. Because they never had a big four. That's the way some, WWF did. I kind of liked how like occasionally all of a sudden a pay-per-view would matter more than the rest of them and it didn't yeah. matter what one it was. Yeah, it was just depending on what story they were telling. Sometimes that was Bash. Yeah. Sometimes that was Halloween Havoc. Right. There were times. So yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, but anyway, for Super Bowl Five, the biggie is for the WCW world title between Hulk Hogan, the champion, 
and Vader. And this is the match Quinn where Hogan won. Oh, wait, that's all of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean Hogan doesn't lose ever? I know. In WCW? Never. Barely. Uh, Other than the, the Mountie or whatever. <laughs> Don't bring that up. We unfortunately cut to Hogan and Jimmy Hart. God. Hogan talks about how Vader was some kind of a fuck recently at the Clash of the Champions. May I remind you that Hulk doesn't even care about his friend Evad that we just saw get messed up? Like, he's not even talking about that. What the fuck is that shit? I told you he's not a nice guy. Bobby Heenan was right. Bobby Heenan is totally right. This is bullshit. Just saying. Jimmy Hart's all... We just saw it. He no comment about that. He doesn't huh? care. Uh, Jimmy Hart is all scared. By the way, as Hogan says, uh, when you talk about the epitome of what wrestling is all about, the greatest WCW champion of all time, Hulk Hogan. What about Ric Flair? What, what the? Why fuck? would Hogan? Why would Hogan admit that Flair is better? Are you new? He. But why would he say that? Everything he's done as WCW champion has sucked. Hogan. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Generally. No, you're right. Ric Flair is the better WCW champion. Let's yeah, just, let's be honest. I agree. I mean, Hogan's best thing that he did as WCW champion to this point was right. when he won it from Ric Flair, right? At this point, yes. To this point, yeah. He's not the greatest WCW champion of all time at this point. No, I would say you are correct about that, mm -hmm. sir. Um, Hogan calls, this is a great way to put your company over, Hogan calls the WCW title a mere trinket uh, <laughs> because Hogan and Vader are fighting for the future, the real new generation. Shut up. I hate <laughs> this version of Hogan so much. Horrible. Nothing. Why is likeable. he picking on the new gen? Like, what is that to him? Nothing. He like, shouldn't care about that. Yeah, I don't. Ugh, horrible. He, there's nothing likable in kayfabe about this version of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, there's he's nothing not likable nice. in real life about this version <laughs> of Hulk Hogan. There's nothing. Uh, he's just bad. He's just bad. And Hulk uses this actual phrase: Hulk Hogan credo. What the fuck does Shut that? Up. What is the Hulk Hogan credo? Kick out of finishers, win. Prayers, like, vitamins, kick out of finishers. Yeah. He then asked Jimmy Hart to make sure everything's fine with the contract or whatever. Asshole. <laughs> also, by the way, if Ric Flair is going to be a ringside like it's rumored, fuck Ric Flair too. Anyway, Vader's going to be in the launch position, and we get a not a what you're going to do. We get a. What are you going to do? That's the very refined yeah. version. Well, anything less would be uncivilized. So, just saying. I, I applaud you for yeah. that one. Uh, also, Quinn, at Super Brawl, we're going to have Sting and Randy Savage taking on Big Bubber and Avalanche. Notice how they just slide by that. It's <laughs> yeah. like all that matters is Hulk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Dustin Rhodes versus Blacktop Bully. They don't even sh they don't even show them on the screen together, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, they just they show don't them even separately. They don't even mention that it's on the back of a moving it's not. car or that's, whatever. That's uncensored. Oh, that's why. okay. I thought this was that. No, this is the first match. I see. <laughs> we needed the rematch on Uncensored, right. Quinn. And, that uh, is, by the way, can I just uh, can take a minute to comment on how fucking, as a kid, yeah. as a kid, we thought that that shit where they were on the back of a truck fighting was the coolest fucking tremendous fucking shit I've ever seen. No, it's like, good. I was like, this is awesome. That's this ambitious, is, man. This is like a fucking action movie. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Well before Firefly Funhouse and all that yeah. shit like that, we got helicopter There's shots a of a moving truck and they're really on it yeah. like they're really fighting on it like i couldn't believe they did this and nobody ever talked about it again and it's like amazing like it's so you're right it's like so ambitious and they both make the mistake of blading and they both get fired right after this why is nobody at hq like applauding holy crap these guys could have died i know like they were fighting on the back of a fuck this this was going fast there's a bunch of hay too yeah there's a bunch of hay like, your cuts could have gotten hay in them. It would have been terrible. Hay is very abrasive, Tony. Staph infections. Yeah, it would have been bad.
Tag titles are going to be on the line, too, as Harlem Heat is defending their belts against the Nasty Boys. And again, sharing newly with Harlem Heat, which is good. I like her with them yep. a lot. Uh, plus, Dave versus Kevin, Gwen. Yeah, we just saw I it. I know. <laughs> but that was, that was weird when they're just saying like, they're going to do it again. I yeah. thought they were hyping this as the big hot match. Weird choice. I agree yeah. with you. Oh, and plus, like, this random, which just sounds fun to me, Hacksaw versus Bunkhouse <laughs> I bet Buck. you that is very fun. It probably is. Yeah. Bunkhouse is great. Bunkhouse Buck rules. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, plus... Alex Wright, Das Wunderkind, is going to be taking on Paul Roma. Now, Paul Roma's still employed in the WCW by not, this point. Not for long. This yeah. is where he shows up, Alex Wright, the whole time and like gets oh. himself over. I don't blame him. That's not night. Why do you advocate for unprofessionalism well, when it's convenient now, for you? Now, no, no, no. Now I feel bad for Paul Roma after all the shit he's been through that we've witnessed. You hey. see, now I'm on the other side of the fence yeah, here. Yeah, but you like, don't um, make a rookie look bad. I, That's I, not I, nice. I know. You're, you're right. You're right. I'm just more mad about this powerplex situation. You are just finding trouble expressing the words to communicate that you like Paul Roma. I do. Now. Yes. I do yes! like him. I, you know what? I, I feel like the Four Horsemen thing is a misstep. I'm not going to take that back. That but was, it's not his fault. Yeah, it's not his fault. They put him in it. But man, did he get screwed now that I've watched it all. How good was Power and Glory, Quinn? Yeah, they were They were pretty fun. <laughs> <They're>, like, <laughs> see, Quinn's finally seeing the light. And uh, so, now, as I have see, I. now I see they really got blown by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> fucking bullshit. It was that and the Nasties coming in. Again, not the Nasties' fault. That's Vince yeah. chose that, but that, that took their spot. The Nasties <sighs> took their heel spot. They were so cool. They were cool. I know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to ringside for our feature contest. Not not prime match, but feature contest. No, this the isn't a Moo match. No, not Moo. And this is going to be for the WCW TV title. First, we've got Marcus Bagwell and his uh, Stars and Stripes version. Yep, it's Sega CD music. <laughs> also, Wildcat Willie proudly holding the American flag for him. He fucking rules, Joe. I don't know who that is. Um, He's holding it. How do you not? Don't deny I didn't see him anything. here. What? All right. It, in case people are wondering what the hell... I. There was this long time ago. Yes, this is all real. Where Quinn brought up Wildcat Willie, and I legitimately yeah. forgot about You were about like, that. who the hell are you talking about? So I would always, my response now to Quinn is always, he doesn't exist, okay? I know who it is, all right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just breaking kayfabe for one second here. Next time we mention him, I'll be back in character, okay? Mm -hmm. Anyway, Bagwell's opponent here is the WCW TV champion, and he's accompanied by Colonel Parker and Meng. It's Iron Anderson. Good. Iron Anderson. Yeah. Proud crew with him. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Arn looks very stern and old, even though he's like 36. Oh, yeah. Very, it looks like he's 46. I'm a year younger than him. That's it. it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. I love that Iron always pulled that shit off. Yep. Always. And he'll always be Iron, not Arn to well, me. Because of Dusty, obviously. A yeah. uh, sign in the crowd says Colonel Parker's. Dud's stable. That's very clever. Dud, stud. Dud. Um, Dusty with a blatant, keep eye on Anderson inside that kid. In the confounds of the ring, Con daddy. Confounds. Confounds. I couldn't believe he said all of that in like a, like a sentence. If he goes outside the confounds, if you will, of the ring, keep eye on Anderson inside that kid. Very blatantly says iron, yeah, first of all, and then iron. confounds. Confounds. USA chant, you know, since Arn is from the foreign nation of Minnesota, Bell mm -hmm. circle to start lockup, slide headlock by Bagwell. He grinds it in, armed with a hair pull to escape as Bischoff starts making NFL comparisons. Please stop. 
Bagwell right back up again, and Arn's into the corner. Nick Patrick, meanwhile, gives Arn some guff. Meanwhile, Dusty calls Bagwell Marcus Allen, and Bischoff corrects him. But then Dusty is like very insistent. He says, "No, no, no, that, that's my nickname for Marcus <laughs> Allen." And yeah. then Bischoff's like, "It's like the it's not the football player, folks, because memory was talking about yeah. NFL." And Dusty's like, "No, that's what I call him. Fuck you. That's what I, that's what I call him, Marcus <laughs> Allen." I like how that's Dusty's excuse. Is like, no, that's what I call. To him. To me, this is like one of the beginnings of the prime like tradition of just talking about the, the wrestlers what they talk about backstage yes yeah, this happens all the time it happens a lot here yeah um lock up against i had luck get my bagwell arn with another hair pull escape here and then some shoulder bucks irish whip sunset flip attempt by arn but bagwell drops down with some punches here arn's in trouble as bagwell catches a foot arn wants a timeout but no dice big atomic drop sends him out of the ring we go to break and we come back where arn is getting back into the ring and bischoff is trying to act like the match has been going on and Bagwell's just been kicking Arn's ass the whole time. Come on. It's clearly... like they. It's so bad how... Like, this is very poor because literally Iron's walking back in the ring. As they go to break. As they go to break. When they come back the ring, he's like, he's just stepping <laughs> yeah. up the stairs. Yes. And like, Bischoff is like so insistent. It's like, in the meantime, Alex Wright was kicking his ass or whatever <laughs> he said. Like, Not Alex Wright. Marcus Allen was kicking his ass or whatever. <laughs> Like, it's real. You're right. That's what he says, though. Out, he says outside the ring. Outside the ring the whole butt. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, side headlock by Arn. Push off. Hip toss is blocked by Arn twice. Flip off by Bagwell. And now he gets the hip toss. Arn's back in the corner. He wants a timeout again. His teeth hurt or something because he's old. <laughs> he's ah, my tooth. Yeah. That was funny. Bagwell just waiting patiently here as we get another lock up here. Arn with a go behind. Reversed by Bagwell. Reversed again by Arn into a hammer lock. Up and over by Bagwell. Body slam gets one. Meanwhile, Bischoff talks points it's not boxing stop it hey, what, is, what, are, what are you doing i mean he's talking about anything but wrestling here he's the nfl boxing and all this shit it's real big rights by bagwell but arn grabs the trunks leverages bagwell outside the ring colonel parker just innocently tries to help bagwell up and into the ring but marcus allen here gets all feisty so meng just calmly steps in which i it? liked hey hey well because quinn bodyguard meng is tremendous yeah even dusty hypes yeah. him like, don't mess with him Daddy. yeah no it's good because I mean, yeah. he awesome Ming's good I always like this look for Ming with the sunglasses and the suit, suit no yeah. tie just the, black or maybe he has a black tie and a black shirt he has shirt. a black tie it's awesome and uh, the slick hair yeah the it's slick good. Um, I, be, I could be Ming for Halloween or something but like this Ming uh huh yeah yeah you should next year yeah remember to remind Quinn of that okay um, sunglasses I, it's very uh -huh. easy I have to grow my hair out a little bit yeah no it's okay you can do it because I need a ponytail for it it's true. The ponytail. Anyway, Arn slams Bagwell into the apron, hops back inside. He drives Bagwell to the apron, lands a forearm, gets some stomps by Arn as Bischoff now compares this to George Foreman versus Michael Moore. Dude, it's a fucking wrestling match. Both of them need to stop with it. I, I don't like boxing comparisons to wrestling because it's just not the same thing. No, speaking of which, armbar by Arn Anderson. Yeah, remember that in boxing <laughs> when they did an armbar? Why did Arn never call it an armbar, by the way? Yeah, that would have been good. Wouldn't you? Arm Anderson. Yeah, or Arm Anderson. Yeah. Anyway, wrist lock now as we get another USA champ. Bagwell punches out to a nice reaction. Arn is down. Irish whip. Back body drop. Corner whip. Boot by Bagwell. Nice vertical suplexa. Big Sal Blomo style splash by Bagwell <laughs> off the ropes. Which well, he has gets a young up-and-comer here. There you so. go. <laughs> Bagwell goes for another vertical, but Parker hops up on the apron. Arn lands a knee from behind. Bagwell blocks a ram to the turnbuckle, though. He heads all the way up top. Off the ropes. Flying crossbody, but Arn rolls through for the quick win. Nicely done. Now, Arn wins like a skilled veteran, yep. and I like it. I got a sick when I liked this match. It was easy, old-school wrestling. Good stuff. Yeah, this to me is like why Prime rules. Yeah. It's like because... You just get to see little stuff like this, right? Remember there was like that one where there was like a good Ric Flair tag match or something like yes. with iron? 
Yes. It was excellent. There's good stuff on Prime, yeah. and they treat it like it matters. Yes. That's why I like it. <sighs> this um, is, again, if I could just have a wrestling show, this would be like what I would mean you. We'd be the hosts. Richard, that, produce. This, this would be. There you go. We could do this. Okay, we can pull it off, folks. If, if there's any like fledgling independent companies who want us to just invent a headcanon about your company and just. <laughs> We'll just just give us raw wrestling footage. We'll we'll do it. You know, I think you might be onto something here. Yeah. All right. Let's get let's get that started. Get some guys. We have work to that write out. it. We we would have to do some prep, Joe. Though I will say, if I'm, we if we actually did it, I've done a little prep in my time. Yeah, we'd have to Believe be like, okay, what is the we're, you and me are writing the stories here. Right. They're just giving us the wrestling. We're to, real and, Russo and Ferraro yeah, over here, huh? Exactly. You could be Russo because yeah. you know you look like. Just give us the footage. We'll we'll handle the rest. That's all we need, folks. Yep. Uh, back to Dusty and Eric to hype up Super Brawl again. But next, Quinn, it is our prime match of the week. And sadly, no Moo yet. <laughs> and we're not yet in that canon, no. that part of the canon. Right. So it, it's only proper that the Moo is something that develops over the time. Yeah, when Dusty does the big Moo. Yeah, I think it, it's pretty quick. I think it's like a, like a month in or I something. I hope so. Yeah. And Chris yeah. Cruz looks forward to it. The Moo match is a big thing for me. It's a very big deal. It's a, it's, it's a thing that set me up to love this show. Yeah, from the first time I saw it, the Moo match did the it Moo for me. The Moo was like, wow. Gotta love the Moo. It's gonna be Bobby Eaton versus Sting, by the way. And <laughs> go to ringside. Where Bobby Eaton comes out to great music and looking all greasy. First of all, he's still here. Second of all, <laughs> his music is proudly like Road Rash or I love something. Road Rash. Yeah. That was a great reference. This is, now, I keep saying like it's like video game music. This is... Here's my whole thing with WCW, like public domain music in general. Yeah. I love that it has this weird like merger of super nintendo and ps1 sound it does like, they're like all their songs no i know and they're none of them are really that memorable but they're all good when you hear them i guess right they, they fit well they're memorable to me i always remember you, them you're like a savant with this type that's of stuff. true it's like i can you i could tell you like if somebody comes out and that they they've had this music yes. before and even if it's like some public domain song yep. you're very good at yeah it. Uh, i love bobby eaton so much by the way but next we have this is Sting! And the Stinger storms out all happy in his purple coat. All shiny. Again, his music's very good, <laughs> yep. too. And I want to note, there's only seven minutes left of this like show, and that's exactly why I like Prime. <laughs> yeah, good point. Like, it's like, I looked at the time left, and I'm like, ah, beautiful. Yeah, like, it's not going to be some long, overwrought match, you Although know? this match does make itself feel that way. Bobby Eaton is tremendous. Don't yeah. you? He's good in this. Uh, referees, I don't know, Henry Boloco. I'm not sure. <laughs> Snowball Pete. Uh, we get a bell as Bobby's bitching about the fans. Eric hypes him up since nobody seems to remember because he looks like he's a walking version of 1988. Like, it's real. He does. Like, they're, if, if you never, like, saw WCW before and you saw, wow, that guy's really fucking old. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why is Sting fighting him? Yeah, he's an old man. Yeah. Who is this guy? That's I, I, what I used to think about Bobby Eaton when right. I first started watching because he was around. I had, you know, when I first started watching wrestling because it was, like, like I said, like, the early 90s. Yeah. I had no concept that Bobby Eaton wasn't, like, not a jobber. Like I, I was like, I was like, oh, this yeah. just looks like the flabby losers that like yeah. they lose on superstars every week. That's what he looked like. Yeah, and I just could not. I had no concept of it. Anyway, Sting with a woo to rile up the fans more, and uh, Bobby tries it himself, but everyone boos. Lock up, tussle in the corner, break. Dusty calls <laughs> Disney MGM the mecca of WCW. He's not wrong. That's in, a in pretty a, sorry ass mecca. In 1995, he's not wrong. Yeah, I guess so. 
This was like where they did business here. You're right. Yeah. Lots of business, yeah. pre-taped in advance business. Yeah. Uh, log up again. <laughs> the, the fucking ride chairs. Yeah, the fucking ride chairs strapped in for this crap. <laughs> Can't leave. WCW is really intense, Joe. You got to strap in for it. Bathroom break, boss. Uh, log up again. Back into the corner. Beal tossed by Sting. Eaton complains to the ref about literally nothing just to kill time. Can we hear? Like, it's only no, it's seven great. minutes left, but they, they, these two make it feel like I'm watching a 30-minute match. He's just like, ow, my back hurts or something. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. I love it. Log <laughs> up again. Wrist locked by the stinger. He drives an elbow to the neck. Eaton backs off. Shoves off. Shoulder block sends Eaton back down. Back up. Lock up again. Side headlock by Eaton. Shove off by Sting. Drop down. Leapfrog. Monkey flip by the stinger. And the announcers, Quinn, are literally only talking about the match. Which makes this match sound 100% more <laughs> yeah, important. Yeah, even though it's meaningless. Right. But, yeah. but if only they had kept up that practice on all their syndicated programming throughout the years, because they're making this matter instead of talking about Hulk Hogan Invader or something it's like great, that. You know, this was clearly filmed like three weeks ago, but it's, yeah. more, it, it, you're right. It sounds like this matters. Right. And it doesn't, yeah. but anyway. Yeah, and then Eaton, <laughs> Eaton with another just general complaint to the ref to stall again. Even Bischoff now yells, he's stalling. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, it's like, good. Because yeah. like, I was noticing it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really irritating. Clearly, uh, Sting yeah. just patient, patiently awaiting here, but Eaton grabs a wrist lock, takes Sting down to the mat. As Bischoff explains, Sting watches New Japan, <laughs> so he knows wrestling as five 1995 nerds flip out yeah. watching the Prime. Uh, yeah, one yeah. of those nerds is Mike Tanay, probably. Like, mm, I'm watching it right now in my basement. It's like, some baloney. Yeah. Uh, no, liverwurst, probably, for Mike Tanay. Liverwurst and, is good, though. It is don't, good. Don't but he would it. eat it, is what I'm saying. You think? He looks like liverwurst. He's a liverwurst guy. Yeah, I like liverwurst uh, too. I'm not hey, lie. if he eats the liverwurst, I'm I'm aboard with him. Man, I haven't had liverwurst in a while. It's good. Team liverwurst over yeah. here. We're big liverwurst supporters. It's great. It is. And you got to rip the like paper off the corner of it. Part of the fun. Yeah. It's like eating crab legs or something. Yeah. You got to do a little work. To me, it's like it's like the higher quality bologna. Like it's like yes. it's like better version. It is gourmet bologna, as yep. far as I'm concerned. Um, thumb to the eye by Eaton and <laughs> Dusty's fun here. That was not taught to him by his mother. Um, <laughs> power arm drags by Stinger, drop kick. Eaton to the ropes, backs off. Big punch and right hand by Eaton. He heads all the way up for the Alabama Alabama jam. All slow, by yeah, the way, very slow. Uh, but Sting's on his feet. Big power slam, and guess what? It's all over. And I really like this. And one of the reasons I did is because the announcers. Paid attention to it and That's made you true. try to get invested. Sting looked great. Eaton's always awesome. Dusty fucking loves it because it's the prime. That's Joe. true. Yeah. Dusty was all over this yeah. one. Now, here's the thing, Joe. What? I felt this match shouldn't have been the Moo match. This was not. The other no. match with um, Marcus Allen. Was, and Arn. That was great. That would have been Moo. That, that was definitely the Moo. That would have been. That was really good. Yeah. That was actually like a since very good match. A, since they didn't define a Moo match here, I'm going to define the Moo match as the Marcus Allen versus uh, Arn. Marcus Allen versus Arnia. Yeah, I agree with you. That was I the guess best match. for the match. TV belt, too. It was very good. Yeah. Um, we go back to Eric and Dusty now, who plug Johnny B. Bad versus Steven Regal next week. And Dusty is so fucking <laughs> hyped. That, that, that's going to be a match, Daddy. It probably is good, too. Yeah, like, I it bet prob- you it is. It probably is. Yep. Uh, and that's it. They sign off. I loved it. Like, I'm serious. It was great, breezy, fun hour of WCW wrestling. And listen. We should make Prime eventually, like... We were always saying, like, what's going to replace 83 when it's when it's all said and done, right? <laughs> like, when we when we finally make it to John Cena or whatever, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. I say, like, I say, like, this, the prime. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I always poke fun at WCW. Yeah. You know that. And some of it I do it just to annoy people um, like you and, and Brian Morse specifically. What? But uh, <laughs> I 
I'm not going to. And in 97, I legit, legitimately do get irritated when I watch them. That's not even an act. But there's nothing here that was any worse no. than what WWF 95 was doing around the same right. time. It's, it's a little better. A lot of it was better, Quinn. Because so. here's the thing. It's like the equivalent to this is like superstars or something like yeah. that. And like they didn't give a shit about no. it. But even then. Raw wasn't good around this time, no, really. Raw was worse than this. I mean, we just did one from January. Yeah. You know what? Let me read you the results from the Raw that aired. Oh, right, because Prime was on Monday for yes. some fucking reason. Let me give you the but Raw. they didn't even, like, They didn't even like, say Remember that. when it was... <laughs> remember the point when Prime was on, like, at the same time Nitro was? Yes. Because only WCW could fuck that up? Yes. Like... <laughs> Here's what was going on in Raw around the same time. We had the LT storyline with Bam Bam, which was actually kind of well yeah. done. I'm not going to lie about the that one. The same night as this? Same night. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Tatanka, IRS, and King Kong Bundy defeated Lex Luger and Men on a Mission in 12 minutes. Not as good as this. <sighs> Man Mountain Rock. There he is. Look at that. Defeated Charlie Hunter. Do you think that's why Bischoff yes. was commenting about it? Because it was happening simultaneously. And, and this was taped on January 23rd. Holy shit. So probably. That makes a lot more sense now. Listen to this. Mantar defeated Leroy <laughs> Howard. I mean, there's nothing defendable about Mantar sucks. Holy shit. Razor Ramon. This is, episode was better. Probably. No, I agree with you. Razor Ramon wins a squash against Frankie Lancaster. And <laughs> who? Yeah. And uh, Henry Godwin pinned Bill Weaver with a slop drop. So one day we got to do. OK, this will be really and fun. very good. One what? day we should do a live review side by side episode of Prime. <laughs> person episode of Raw from the same night. Oh, some of the primes are probably better in 95. Yeah. I'm dead serious, too. Um, it's embarrassing. No, but it's real, though. Meanwhile, Dusty is like, this is the best fucking show, Daddy. Yeah. Like, so if you ever wanted me to be positive about WCW, I often am. I just yeah. like to make fun of it, particularly in 97 and 8. Yeah. Uh, but Quinn, what did you think overall this This is a prime? nice start to the prime canon, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. Most of it was quick and good, but that prime match, like I said, weakest part, Yes, sadly, but... Don't worry, they'll fix it later. The Moo matches get way better. They get the Moo sound the from move, Dusty. Moo yeah. branding. Like, it, it gets a lot better. Once the Moo branding comes along, those oh, Moo matches are hot. It's all uphill from there, folks. But we hope you enjoyed episode 202 of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Just a quick reminder for you, folks. If you want to get your hands on those WWF pay-per-view reviews, head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Do it right now, and you can sign up and get access and pay on January 1st. You can also... Email us, ovppodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at ovppodcast. Join the group, and hey, leave us a review on iTunes if you have that. Apple Podcast, we'd really appreciate that. But until next week for 203, I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn, and we'll see you next time. See ya! Well, you know something, Jimmy Hart? After what went down a couple of days ago at the Clash, there's more than the WCW title that the Maniacs and all the people have to worry about, brother. You know, Vader time is approaching us, dudes. And you gotta realize, when you talk about the epitome of what wrestling's all about, the greatest wrestler of all times, the greatest WCW champion of all times, Hulk Hogan against Vader with all of his mean, nasty, dangerous animal instincts and all his credibility. It's got to be the coup de gras as far as what wrestling is all about, brother. But the WCW title is a mere trinket as far as priorities go. The fact that we're fighting for the future, the real new generation of Hulkamaniacs, the real new generation that are going to follow our lead of the trade of the prayers of vitamins in the Hulk Hogan credo. 
That's what we're fighting for, brother. And Jimmy Hart, make sure all the details are in check. When you get the pen in hand, as it's signed, sealed, and delivered, make sure Harley Race is in check. And this thing is left just between me and Vader, brother. Because with the rumors of Ric Flair, the rumors that he's hanging out at ringside, I just don't know what he's up to. I don't know if there's an alliance between him and Vader. But however it goes, Hulkamaniacs, you can best believe the Pythons will be ready. The Hulkamaniacs at ringside and all around the world are going to be ready. And Vader, once I focus on you, brother, once I put you in the arms position, once I drop you on your head, what are you going to do when the largest arms in the world in Hulkamania destroy you? Stop! stop, stop, stop.